Good day. Welcome here to Sports Stars. Delight is time for Sports Stars Football, our weekly look at all matters big ball. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by my partner in crime, Neve Kendlin. Hi, Neve. Hi, Darren. How are you? Neve and myself were just joking off air. It's like the Late Late Show back in the good old days. We have something for everybody in the audience this week. If you are a regular follower, make sure you give yourself plenty of time for this show. And if you know people that don't know about us, tell them because this is going to be big. Neve, tonight we're going to talk about Vicky Wall in Australia, intermediate football relegation. We're going to make our senior championship predictions. We're going to hear from two inter-county captains, Claire Farrell from Longford and Ruth Birmingham from Carlow. We're going to preview the two live matches in TG Carr this weekend, Donegal against Waterford and Colby against Kerry. And I'm sure there's other stuff that'll come up over the next hour or so. <laughs> so you, and well done, Darren. You nearly did that all in one breath. Yeah, it's so much to catch up on, Darren. As you said, it was a it was a busy weekend of fixtures, and obviously the senior challenge was kicking off this weekend. So we're really looking forward to um, our, um, setting out our predictions and see how wrong we got got some of them in the intermediate so wrong, which we know we'll talk about shortly, and obviously um, predicting what we feel how the senior will go. Yes, because I'm not going to say it to you yet because we said we're putting everything in block, but we will be dealing with the Intermediate Championship last week, next week, and everything in between as well. And uh, all our regular followers know exactly what I'm talking about. And both of us are at fault in this one as well. Like, you know, but first, we said we'd get this one done first. Um, I think people are just waiting for us to record the show before they issue statements because they don't want us to have the exclusive but as you know every week we've been talking about you know who and will the decision be made well it was announced last Wednesday morning of course we record the show on a Tuesday night Vicky Wall North Melbourne Kangaroos Tasmania and all that it has been confirmed Vicky Wall and Erica O'Shea are going to Australia that's right Darren uh, as you said yeah Wednesday morning was the uh, the final uh uh, announcement, I suppose, or finally it was announced because, as I said, we, we did feel it was it was in the in the in the horizon this while, and it finally was announced. And yeah, she is going. Uh, I suppose, as we said, um, you know, she's probably the perfect one of the perfect players for for the for the, the sport. And you know, back in April, she expressed her commitment to Mead Ladies, and that is the case. She is staying until Mead stay in the championship or, or to Mead um, exit the championship, and uh, she's heading down to North Melbourne. Like, as we've said here before, for the individuals themselves, we have absolutely no issue with anybody going to Australia. Like, you know, and, and Vicky's always wanted to do this. She did the four-day combine back in 2019. At the time, wasn't didn't happen for her, and sure, COVID came along afterwards. But for the LGFA, like, this is their, their big name. This is their star name going now. Like, I know she's going to be here for the 2022 championship, and all me fans will be hoping that lasts till the end of July. But well, this is the LGFA star name, like, you know, there's, there's no turning side eye in this one. Like, you know, I mean, Vicky Wall is the big name in football at the moment. And you have to assume, Neve, unless it goes disastrously wrong for her down in Australia, that we're not going to be seeing much of her in 2023. Yeah, that is, that is the, the, I suppose, the assumption, Darren, I suppose, uh, as you said, you know, she is the star name. And, you know, just look at her list of accolades um, that she's won over the last very short in a very short period, obviously intermediate player of the year in 20, 2020, senior player of the year in 2021. I mean, there are two um, awards that don't come, it's obviously voted on by the players and it don't come, you know, to anybody in a sense, you know, that, you know, they're, they're players, player picked and player, um, you know, picked by their, her, her peers. And I mean, that's how well she's thought of by in the other counties. Um, and obviously, as you said, you know, the go-to player, the, the, the name that, you know, rings off everyone's head when they talk about ladies football now over the last two years. And, 
you know, to think now she is the the, the player that's going the the you know another player that's going down down under, and, and as you said, potentially it could be a long term thing. It's great though that she has the option to stay until the championship. Like, I think the Kangaroos acknowledged that this is a big name coming down to them as well, and um, has the star power. Like Eric O'Shea is young and has gone down early. Has to do the preseason. Vicky's going to have to do an awful lot of catch up when she gets down there, as we've seen with other players that have arrived late as well. But for me, in general, because like they're carrying the pressure to start the defence of the All Ireland title against Monaghan this coming Saturday, um, it's great for them to have her there. Then on the flip side, you can ask, is it a distraction having her there as well? Because the people will be talking about that and know that she's going. Yeah, I suppose, in fairness, as you said, it's not something she hasn't really done any interviews. And, you know, it's been hard to get her to, to try to pin her down to do any interviews over the last couple of weeks, never mind um, since Wednesday. And, you know, I suppose she, uh, that's probably why they had it out. They got it announced maybe last week. And I know maybe, I don't know who was holding up the announcement. Was it was it her or was it North Melbourne? Maybe until the Leinster Challenge was over. And that bit of a break of a week in between before the, the All-Ireland series starts, um, I suppose, to get it, you know, to stop the questions, at least now that she can maybe, um, I suppose, concentrate on, on the All-Ireland series now for the next couple of couple of weeks. Um, like I suppose when you think about it, it's only today's, you know, the first games are starting Saturday, the 11th of June, and, you know, it's all over by the 31st. So it's sort of six, seven weeks um, where she can concentrate solely on, on Mead. Um, and then, you know, she can look look towards going down under. And I suppose that is the thing, because it has been the question, as you said it there on the outset, it's been the question on everyone's lips. The rumours have been, the rumour mill has been in high drive over the last couple of weeks, wondering and waiting to see what would happen. And now that it's done and it's, we know it's happening, you know, I suppose it can be parked now and she can concentrate on, on the on the All-Ireland series. Yeah, it's good for Vicky too, knock it out of the way and probably, and probably was smart the way she dealt with it. Now, she did do um interview with local radio station LFF, LMFM and say, look, it was just an opportunity she couldn't let pass by and that's very, very understandable as well and we wish Vicky the very, very best of luck down there but great that we will see her in action for the next few weeks depending on how me get on in the championship as well but and I know you, you said you haven't followed it much obviously we did here in 2021 but she will pull more Irish eyes to the product down under as well. Oh, she definitely will, Darren. And as I said, like she is the, the, the top name player in, in the country at the moment. And I mean, it's definitely, and I think the fact there was so much talk about it um, prior to the announcement coming, I think it is, it's drummed up a lot, of, a lot of interest in it. And she certainly will have a lot of interest when she goes down. And, and the other point too, Darren, is it's an awful loss for Dunboyne, or club as well. I mean, obviously they're very proud of her and, um, but, you know, for the Dunbine club, obviously, there were Leinster champions last year and um, would love to have gone, you know, go another step further this year. And I mean, she's she's a serious loss to them as well. So, yeah, and of course, it hits the club even more than it hits the county when you look like that as well. Like, and they did a great one, a bad day in the All-Ireland semi-final against Moore Abbey, but would have had ambitions for this year. And we'll be keeping an eye on Vicky and Eric and everybody, all our Irish players are down in Australia over the course of the year, of course, and pending what way as schedules work out. We might even focus in on AFLW a bit. We'll see how it pans out. A couple of other players connected with Australia we need to talk about before we leave this need. Cora Staunton has said, no decision has been made yet. She's affronting some rival podcast to us for the next couple of weeks. But Cora, <laughs> Cora's a good friend of sports stars. We wish her the best luck. She'll be talking to characters across all spectrums of Gaelic games. But like, look, she's just, she's a legend. You played against her, you know, you played with her, you you know all about her. Uh, and she's a legend. We're still talking about her here in 2022. And knowing that if she does go back, she'll be one of the top names down there again. Yeah, like, I mean, you, you said it in a nutshell, Darren. She really is. And I mean, you know, I suppose when when most people at her age and she's not well, I suppose we're in the same we're we're the same age bracket so I can say 
But I mean, she's still, you know, she's still at the top of her game, which is absolutely phenomenal to play for over 20 years with Mayo at a high level and then to go down and, and, and pick up a new sport, professional sport down under and, you know, go to the top of the game in it too. Like, it's absolutely unbelievable, to be honest. And she's a, uh, she, and she continues to, and I mean, even if she, if she, and potentially she could go back down again, she's still, you know, still, is fit enough and is, is good enough for the game to, 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 as you said, to get back up at the top of the game again. So she's an amazing athlete. Oh, I'd say she'll definitely be down there. She'll definitely be leading the charge and, and, and why not? Because she is exactly. And of course, I suppose the way things are now, with modern science and all that, players can extend their careers into their 40s as well. So there's no reason why Cora can't go another year or two if that's what she wants to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the other side of it, she had picked up a few very serious injuries in her, in her career at even when she's playing Gaelic, you know, obviously, you know, um, you know, I know she was young, but like obviously missed there on the first ever All Ireland in '99 with Mayo broke her collarbone that week of training, and only you know wasn't fit to play that match, you know. So she's had many's an injury. You know, a lot of players with careers will be cut short because of injuries, but she never let that stop her. And I mean, the the, the very bad break, you know, she had um, two bones broken her leg there, and in, in only in 2019, and the you know she come back to the best again, which is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, to have the mental strength to come back from that injury was even phenomenal too. Is phenomenal as well, and she's defied it for many, many years too. We'll watch that story with interest. Finally, of course, another Mayo person uh, down under, Sarah Rowe, has been bringing some of her Collingwood teammates on a tour of Ireland over the last few weeks. Uh, she's not uh, playing for Mayo this year, and we, we discussed that already. But I saw a picture of uh, Brianna Davy from Collingwood on tour holding a pint of Guinness as well. I credit Sarah here, like, because getting these players over to Ireland to experience Ireland. And I think they were at the Galway Mayo match recently as well. And if they're still knocking around, they might well, which go to venture uh, to uh, Castlebar this weekend for their opening game in the championship as well. But um, it's the other side of it too, is that while these Irish players are going over, they're bringing Australian players back here to view Ireland, which is good for tourism. Absolutely, Darren. And I mean, you know, any anyone that's ever been in Australia or ever, ever spoken or any connection with people in Australia, Australians love Ireland and love the Irish people. So, you know, it, it's a great opportunity for those girls. Not everyone, not every Australian person gets the opportunity to, to come to Ireland um, and, and vice versa. So, yeah, for those girls to get there, and I think Sarah was trying to get them to the Munster final, uh, the Hurling final last, last Sunday, which you were lucky enough to be at, Darren. But yeah, I think she was. I think tickets were like hen's teeth. So I'm not sure if she got them to that. But yeah, it is... Um, you know, I suppose, and she's bringing them to all these brilliant sporting events that we have in, in our little wonderful little country. So it's it's great to show it off. And as you said, good for tourism. And it sounds like they're enjoying themselves too. And hopefully they have had a great time as well. And Sarah, likewise, is having a great time down in Australia. That's our AFLW segment of the week done and dusted. Or I'd say we'll have another one again next week. We're going to go on to more pressing matters at home. And we have a lot to talk about here over the next 10 minutes or so on the TG Car All-Ireland Intermediate Championship. I don't know where to start with this, Neve. So I think first, let's just look back last weekend very, very quickly. We know seven of our eight quarter finalists but there's a particular team that you predicted to win the All-Ireland is <laughs> <laughs> out before the June bank holiday comes to a close. Yeah, thanks for rubbing it in there, Darren. Well, I predicted yeah. it to get to the final uh, yeah. as well, so I can't, I can't talk yeah. too much. <laughs> you can't, we can't. Two of us um, are totally wrong. Yeah, we, we did, and we hold our hands up. Um, and, and credit to, to, to Longford and, and credit, to, obviously, on week one, because we were obviously at that game, but credit to us coming in a real... Uh, humdinger of a match last last Sunday. Um, you know, Russ Common fought out and, and held out to the end and, and got the victory by um, 
by two points, I think it was in the end. Yeah, two points. Um, but yeah, and that means that as a result of that, Kildare are, are sitting, as you said, out of the championship now. And, and uh, you know, I suppose, uh, you know, they'll probably it'll take stock on, on themselves now as to what happened and where everything went wrong on them. Because I think, I don't think we were the only ones that would have been predicting them. And I think themselves would have had a slight bit of confidence thinking that they were going to be certainly in the, in the shake-up for the All-Ireland this year. Yeah, and we dealt with an awful lot of that last week, talking about the preparations coming in with club championship games and all that. It was a difficult group as it was. We don't want to take away from Longford, and we'll hear from uh, Claire Farrell, our joint captain, in a few minutes' time. Roscommon 4-10, Kildare 2-14. The four goals, Neve. And we talked about Kildare stopping goals. They conceded three to Longford, four goals to Roscommon, who didn't manage a goal against Leitrim in the Collins final. And sure, at the end of the day, if you're leaking goals at this level, you're going to, you're going to struggle. Yeah, and that and, the, and as you said it there, the goals was was the issue again. I mean, um, you know they conceded a, um, a lot of goals in 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 the service earlier game and they conceded uh, the last time they played Roscommon um, in the league semi final as well. They conceded four goals as well, so they haven't seemed to, have, you know, sort of fixed that problem. And I mean, they they, they, they were dealt the, the final blow last week, and you know they had a a, a, a chance at the very on the death. Uh, to get a goal and just win is spun by the wide of the post and maybe you know if that had gone in it still would have been only you know it, yeah well that might have actually won, that would have won the game for them but it was too little too late and you know that's it they're, as I said they're going to sit now and I suppose trying to to fathom out what what actually happened with their season. Yeah, they're out of the championship bottom of the group. We'll go back to that in the moment. The other noteworthy results, um, Offaly beating Leitrim 3-11 to 110. Offaly did beat Leitrim in the league, but again we'd Strong hopes for Leitrim this year. Um, Offaly, again, I don't know many times we've praised them this year for the way they've turned things around and now playing Wicklow this weekend in a big match to determine a quarter-final spot. Uh, again, Leitrim, we could say an awful lot of the things with Kildare, only with Leitrim we don't really know what happened because it just seemed to go flat at the wrong time. Yeah, that's that's it. In a nutshell, Darren, you know, obviously um, really uh, sort of a, a massive um, result in, in the in the kind of final against Roscommon, like really, really big, big, big result for them. And it just, everything went, went AWOL after that. And, uh, you know, there were only small losses, obviously only, um, what was it last week? Well, actually seven well, points last week, but the week before it was only a point. Was it only a point, I think? Point, yeah, it was only a point, point to Wicklow. Wicklow, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, seven points, conceding three goals um, again, you know, so that's, I don't know, again, I suppose like Kildare, you know, two provincial champions, he would have really put them up on a, on a bit of a, Look, I suppose ahead of other teams because they had that winning mentality already this year. But now they'll sit there like Kildare, they're going to sit now and wonder what where it all went wrong. Yeah, they're like they still have one game left to play. That's against Wexford down in Escorty this Sunday, but their championship is over now. There's a bit of contentious talking to you done here as well. But first, I think we need to explain all this. As everybody would know, the plan is the top two in each of the four groups go into the quarterfinals. We know seven of those quarterfinalists now. We'll explain that in a moment. The bottom team in each group to go into relegation. But there's some stipulations and now it could lead to some serious talking going on in the next while. Or maybe not. We'll find out. First, let's go through the groups. Uh, group one, um, Offaly 311, Neutrum 110, Wexford 112, Wicklow 11 points. So Wexford of two wins out two. Offaly and Wicklow, one win each, Leitrim bottom. Because Offaly have to play Wicklow in the final round of games, it means Wexford of top group A, Leitrim a bottom of group A. Offaly and Wicklow meet in Clara, Bretland Park, this uh, Sunday at two o'clock and they will determine the other team that qualifies for uh, the knockout stages as the runner-up in group A. 
In Group B, Loud beat down by 111 to 9 points. Clare had beaten down last week. So Clare and Loud are true. They played this week in to determine first and second down or bottom. As we just discussed there in Group 3 or Group C, uh, Roscommon beat Kildare 410 to 214 last week. Longford beat Kildare. We talked about that. Roscommon, Longford are true. They meet in Glennon Brothers, Pierce Park on Sunday to determine first and second in that group. And then in Group D, Sligo put up much more of a battle than I suppose we expected against Tyrone. Tyrone pulled away in the end 4-12 to 1-12 but after Leash beat Sligo last week 6-23 day points means Leash and Tyrone are true Sligo are out and Tyrone and Leash are true in Group D again playing off this weekend in um, MD, MW Higher O'More Park I'm trying to remember all these sponsors as a challenge um, to determine first and second in that group now what's meant to happen here is the bottom four teams playoff in relegation and two teams are getting relegated so it would have been the bottom from A and the bottom from C Leitrim against Kildare and the bottom from B and the bottom from D down against Sligo however and we even had to get clarification of this from the LJFA this is as we understand things but received a note back that after all group games are completed the teams will finish bottom of each group in accordance with the championship regulations will participate in the relegation playoffs if only two teams are eligible for relegation, then they are automatically relegated. The provincial winners for 2022 are exempt from relegation. Two teams will be relegated in 2022. Now, Neve, you tell me if your interpretation of this is the way I'm interpreting it, but it looks clear here, and this comes from the LGFA. Leitrim are exempt because they're Connacht champions. Kildare are exempt because they're Leinster champions. Down were meant to be playing Sligo in a playoff, but now based on what I just read there, both Down and Sligo will be relegated in 2022 to 2023. And that's it. I'm assuming people in Down and Sligo know this. I can definitely say a lot of people on the outside are not aware of this. But as we understand, Down and Sligo will not be playing on the weekend of July 26th. They will be relegated to the Junior Football Championship in 2023. Yeah, Darren, um, that's as we uh, as we read it from the rules. That that seems that's the interpretation we get, it and we are, uh, believe that that is the way it is. Uh, as you said, we are not sure. Um, I didn't know. I said to you earlier, off air, that on the Sligo Facebook page after the loss of the weekend, they had um, said that we now play down in a relegation playoff. So I don't know if they're aware of that now. Um, you know, I'm sure that all the counties are aware of that. That the rule they said about Kildare and Leitrim as provincial champions. Are exempt from relegation, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a strange one, I suppose. Like I can understand that that is that should be right. Like the team that's a provincial champion shouldn't get a, shouldn't be in a relegation mm. playoff. Oh, I, I, I've, I've no it, issue with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, me neither. Um, but I suppose it's just it's just it's very hard that two teams are definitely going down, and that the slide going down have no say in it. That they'll just get automatically relegated. Yeah, my like, I've been thinking about this last couple of days since we were chasing it up on Sunday. If anything, the LJFA are probably guilty of being too organised, you know, and we, and it's not as though we're just bringing this up now because it's happened. Actually, you and me discussed this a couple of weeks ago on the show about us, you know, the way the, the structures were being done and all that. And uh, we didn't like the relegation set up because we didn't think it was fair to have two playoffs and two playoffs preordained before the matches took place. Uh, like the way I'd be looking at this is that they should have said these four teams go into relegation and these are the stipulations. Now, this could have gone out to county boards and all that. But it wasn't clear up on the Ladies Gaelic website uh, in regards to the formats that were going out. So 
I I was actually inquiring because I assumed only one was going to go down now. And like, put yourself in down in Sligo's shoes. Now, last week we spoke about being worried about Sligo and based their performance against Leach. You know, they couldn't argue about being relegated, but they put in such a good showing against Tyrone. Down, look, Clare are a tough team, but they only lost to Lau by five points. But those players are coming out of those games in the mindset they've one more chance. And that's what's wrong for me. Because, you know, I and I, don't, I guess on a 100% guess what the LGFA are trying to do. They're trying to stream out the 12-12 and the rest in junior. And I get that. And But sometimes you have to say, well, wait a minute here now. It's not right to do it this year. Because down and Sligo now are going to be relegated without getting their last chance to survive. And it's not as though, granted, about the leash game, it's not as though they were getting beaten off the park. Like, you know what I mean? Tyrone were senior team last year. Um, and they only lost by nine points. Um, but they would have left that game saying, and even as you mentioned there, they had up on their Facebook, I saw it on their Twitter page as well, down, scheduled to play down on the weekend of the 26th. So my feeling on it, like Leitrim and Kildare, completely does not make any sense to have them in the relegation. You know, it, it completely undermines the provincial championship if they were. It actually make you wonder what's the point having the provincial championships as part of the All Ireland series. But then something has to be there has to be line drawn here. You want to relegate two teams, fair enough. If you have three or more eligible, fair enough, because these people can play two playoffs and determine that. Four, we said here there should be a three round round robin to determine that. We thought it was unfair to just pick two, but two teams you kind of go and you have to let them have their chance. So relegate one this year and then relegate two the next two years if need be, to, to, if that's what the LJFA want to do. Up. But down in Sligo, and I, look, maybe, maybe we're talking now a turn here, maybe what you call it, down in Sligo are happy enough with this on the inside and maybe everybody's happy and they are fair play. But I know if I was in charge of that Sligo team, if I was in charge of that down team, or I was involved with either of those teams, I would not be one bit happy to find out that we're getting relegated when we've been promised one more chance to stay up. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Darren, the, all the games were played at the same time at the weekend there. So you're right. They would have left the pitch in, in Sligo or uh, where was that game? In Tyrone, actually. That's like, we just give, take example, take Sligo, for example. Mm. They would have left that game in, in uh, that game was played in Tyrone. They would have left Tyrone or left the pitch or left the dressing rooms area, not knowing potentially the other results and not knowing that this situation and as you said, not maybe knowing that Leach and McIntyre were exempt from relegation because that was something we didn't realise until we looked into it further. So I think you're right. Like, I think they would have left thinking they still had one more chance and it is very harsh on the teams that... And as you said too, if there was three teams, so if Leitrim, you say, or Kildare weren't in the mix-up and it was one of the other two teams, uh, or any of the other teams in the group, that and, and, and you know, and have a, three teams, then what way they would they have done it then? They would have done a... Well, presumably you'd have, you'd, have, you'd have done two playoffs to lose the relegation the winner plays the other yeah, so team the, and relegate those so you, you still yeah, would have so playoffs exactly potentially you could have had two more games then like a team would have left the field known the relegate yeah which hasn't happened here no now the LGFA if the county boards are aware of this and the team's been made aware of it by the county boards the LGFA are not for Bend in any way we know that and that's why I said at the start, they're probably guilty of being too organised. So I don't see them changing their mind in this anyway. I can't imagine that happening. But the reality is, Sligo players left the field on Sunday. I'm just using Sligo because they put up a social media post. Yeah, Left the field, thinking they have a playoff against Down coming up in three weeks' time. And from what we understand, they do not. And yeah. Down are in the same boat. 
We lost it out by five points. Oh, it was so close. They beaten down aloud recently enough. No shame losing to Clare. Sure, listen, we get our chance to, to stay up there. And uh, now they're gone. So we'll okay. only, if let's say if Jerome win the Intermediate Championship this year, we'll have no Ulster Intermediate teams next year. Sligo can't participate in the Connacht Junior Championship unless they get an exemption like Carlo did this year. And all of a sudden now, it's just, I'd be curious how these counties react. Maybe they're happy enough with this and fair enough. And if they are, we're not going to go on and too much longer. But I don't like it. Yeah, I I know I fully agree, Darren. And as I said, we've talked about it. You know, we talked about it after Sunday, and, and as I said, that we were contacted at the back and forth trying to find find out what the clarification on it. Um, and it is hard. And as as you said, I mean, I don't know um what the, the feedback is for the two counties, and, and as you said, maybe they know about it. Um, but it is tough, and it is hard. Like especially, you know, both I know particularly this Lego team is a young it's a young group, so maybe they are content enough with with being relegated and and you know trying to get build up build a team again because. You know they are very young and they've gone through a bit of transition at the moment. But still, in all, you know they might have. They, I, I, there's no doubt that they would have thought that a chance of, had a chance of staying up, and they wouldn't have been realised that they, there's no game now. This is their last. And like the hard part too, you know, you feel when it's you know, when you know it's your last game or you going into the game, you know it's your last game. Then at least you can prepare going right. You know, the, you know, can kind of a bit of a you know speeches and whatever kind of stuff but they would have left that game going okay girls right hard luck and let's move on to training this week like prep and training even and now they don't even need to train anymore so that's mm. yeah very very hard and they probably train and organize whether they were taking the tuesday off and come back thursday or whatever the case may be but even like in no disrespect it's like when i say this but like, you take down situation they would have seen those parents and i mean look if it doesn't happen for us today we'd fancy our chances against Sligo. maybe not the Sligo they didn't end up playing to their own but you know what I mean? Based on Sligo's form this year has been very, very poor. Um, and now we're realizing they're not going to get that chance either as well. And I just, again, sometimes you could just be too organized in something where, and the point out again, we said here a couple of weeks ago that we didn't like the relegation setup anyway. Whether we agreed with the one or two, now we understood it. But the four into two, there should have been, you know, a few cross-play games, shouldn't be just two playoffs. But this situation now, based on the information that we have to hand. You know, it could leave a, it could leave a very sour taste in the mouths of uh, those two counties in particular. Yeah, very much so, Darren. And I mean, <laughs> we haven't even got to the senior sandwich yet, and maybe we could have a massive a couple of shocks in it too, and we could have the same situation potentially. Mm. You know what I mean? It is, it is, um, it is, it's very, it's it's badly, um, not say badly organised, but I mean, it, it's a pity that it's, it's it was probably... It wasn't sorted out maybe beforehand, or if this a potential of going right. If this happens, you realise if this happens, and maybe as you said, you know, maybe the two the teams are in, involved were were um, aware of it, but they, they couldn't have been aware of it prior to the match because we it depended on other it depended on results. Yeah. Work out. And I suppose no. no one really expected Leitrim and Kildare to lose their second round games last week, both of them to lose again. Like so, you know that that ended up that changed everything. You know that changed the fact that there definitely wasn't going to be. It was two teams then that could, were exempt from relegation. Yeah, like as I say, we wouldn't have expected that even at the start of the campaign anyway. Like, 
look, we had, we go down to be we go, well Longford were the two teams we were predicting to be in those in those positions, like you know, and credit to both counties, they've turned they've turned it around as well. We'll watch this space. I've no doubt we know more about it. Um for the third half on, on next Monday or for Sports Stats Football next Wednesday one way or the other um, Lee, we'll, we'll move on there's so much to go through but just before we leave the Intermediate Championship as well uh, quick look at next week's games as I mentioned already when I was going through all that you look at the end of the day there's only one game that really matters next week bar positions in groups that's Offaly against Wicklow and Clare two teams who've done well in this Championship Offaly having a good year overall and that'll determine the team that qualifies takes the final spot in the final eight, yeah, both teams have, have probably both teams have beaten have beaten Leitrim, and um, that's been their, their result um, or their wins. And uh, yeah, the, you know the, they've um, I suppose they've surprised us a wee bit in a sense. We might have been have definitely hadn't predicted them to come out of the come out of the group or come into the into the reckoning for the group. Um, you probably just feel maybe that maybe what Offaly might have a little bit extra on us scored three eleven last week against Leitrim and looked really really good. Um, but you never can write off Wicklow. They're always, you know, that they're they're a team that can get a result when when um, when their backs is the wall too. So um, it'll certainly be a good game and, and a very even match, I'd imagine. It'd be certainly a great great game to see. A right, I was actually offered it, which colours uh, today, but unfortunately I'm tied up elsewhere, so I can't be at it. But uh, Offaly against Wicklow, Breslin Park and Clara, at two o'clock next Sunday to determine the final quarter final spot. All the fixtures are up in sportsstars.ie already. We put them up on Tuesday of this week. We'll also have uh, a reminder of going up again on Friday and we'll update any changes in that. But that is the Intermediate Championship. Lots to talk about, but we know all our quarterfinals by next week. And of course, uh, we'll also know our group winners. And as we mentioned last week, Longford pulled off the first shot beating Kildare. Roscommon finished off um, many people's fancies, including our own, uh, to advance further last week. And of course, one of the top players that day was Evan Neaver, uh, blessed to be in the commentary box, was their joint captain, Claire Farrell. She was in captain's duty for that day. So before the break, we are going to hear from the Longford joint captain, Claire Farrell. Now, I'm delighted here in Sports Stars Football to be joined by the Longford joint captain, Claire Farrell. We were planning to talk about uh, the first day of victory over Kildare, but of course, there's more to talk about now. First, Claire, thanks a million for joining us here. No problem, Darren. Thanks a million yourself. It's great news for Longford this weekend and you weren't even playing in the field of play, but Roscommon's victory over Kildare means that Longford, number one, not that you were thinking that way, don't have to worry about another relegation battle this year, but secondly, you're in the All-Ireland quarterfinals. Yeah, look, it's brilliant. No, it's it's a nice change to actually get such a, I suppose, a great result on us not even playing this weekend, but to at least be known that we're where we're heading or, or the opportunity that's at stake. It's brilliant. Like for yourselves, because like last year too, went through the start of the championship with the win against Westmead and then you're unlucky against Wexford, a bad day against Sligo and all of a sudden you find yourself yeah. down patch you hadn't planned. How much yeah. of a relief is it in one way to know that Batamagli, that's in the bag and you can go out the next weekend against Roscommon now and just have a free shot at it? Oh, that's brilliant. Like, I suppose last year just being unlucky, you know, one point loss is just not getting that last point over the line. It just, you know, and then all of a sudden the campaign going so well to begin with and then ending up one point losses and then to see yourself in a relegation playoff and then relegation final, it was... It was heartbreaking for us after working so hard across the year. And I suppose even though those one point losses, they're only a point. But at the end of the day, everyone and ourselves see it as a loss. So just, I suppose, to know that we're not going to end up in that scenario again and to know that like all the hard work we are putting on, putting in will hopefully, you know, go, go to, I suppose, go to plan this year. Um, not, it's brilliant. It's, it's a nice feeling, definitely. <laughs> 
And you were deserving to be in the position as well. I was honoured to be in the commentary box for that opening game against Kildare too. And while some people have made a lot out of uh, Kildare's loss more than your win, mm. uh, since then, like we said in the commentary at the time, the work rate, the effort that you put in from start to finish was absolutely superb. And if anything, Claire, it goes back to the whole, just long for need that bit of consistency to be up there competing for trophies at this level. Yeah, 100%. And I guess... That's a big focus for us. Like we we want to go out next weekend and just show that we aren't in the one hit wonder. Like we have had unlucky games in the past with one point losses here or there. And like I said, I think everybody, including ourselves, we see that as a loss. But at the end of the day, it's literally one point that was the difference at the end of the day. So I guess we want to, you know, back up that with consistency next weekend and hopefully, you know, get that. I suppose t- two wins in a row is, is big for us. So yeah, we want to show that we are into that one one hit wonder team and that I guess last weekend wasn't a fluke that it it really was. I suppose it's the hard work of all the girls going in and and I guess that that game was like it was a brilliant game. Um and like Kildare are a brilliant side as well. But I suppose those one point losses we've had in the past with Kildare as well, like we, we're there thereabouts all the time, like they're a brilliant side, but it, it was good to I suppose finally get that hard work paying off after all um last weekend. And even you're touching on the point there as well, that would have been the focus. Look, the disappointment of uh, the shipping the four goals to Wexford and the Leinster Championship and then you're coming into a group and you're probably hearing on the outside as much as you ignore it from people probably including myself, like Kildare or Leinster Champions, Roscommon or League Champions, they're the two yeah. favourites, Longford up against it as well. But it's just really about this team blocking that out and focusing on the yeah. job well, I think that's the nice thing about being the underdogs. You know, there there isn't much pressure. Like there was no pressure on us at all going in last weekend, which was which was nice because, you know, there's no crazy expectations there or I suppose those big headlines aren't surrounding us. No one really backed us or believed in us going into last weekend, which maybe was was a good thing because it meant that the pressure was off us. It was just up to us, go out, play the game, play to the best we can do and see how it goes. And I guess it worked out well for us. So, yeah, happy days. And you showed you believed in yourselves, like four points to nil up in the early stages. Louise Monaghan, you're the joint captain uh, with a score. Claude Alohan, what a game she had. And uh, yeah. a couple of frees from Michelle Farrell as well. And of course, those latter two then, uh, Claude getting the two goals and Michelle Farrell was a superb one as well. Like Kildare kept coming back at you, they kept you honest. Uh, yeah, and you kept, you kept coming up with the answers. Yeah, yeah, no, it was brilliant. And it was a great game. Like I'm sure it was a good game to watch as well. Um, you know, it never went too far apart from either team. Um, but it was good to see like there was just like I suppose continued fight till the very end. Um, so no, it was it was definitely an enjoyable, enjoyable game to play, and I guess even more enjoyable when we get the good result at the end. And the result was like six point victory as well in a very, very strong position. You knew you were holding that card going into Roscommon next weekend too. Now we are recording on the Sunday night before the show. So I don't know if you had a chance to watch Roscommon against Kildare yet. And um, if you have, if you haven't, have you heard anything about the game or is that something you look at during the week? I have actually, I, I did. I saw the game earlier. Um, great game between the two sides. It was, again, high scoring game. It was a very exciting game from the very, very start. I think both teams knew what was at stake. I guess it was a big, a big game for both teams. Um, so that no, was a brilliant game to watch. And, and you could see like, I suppose, such a close game and up to the very, very last second. I suppose my heart was, was in my mouth for half the game because I didn't know what way it was going to go. Like it just showed that both teams are very strong sides. 
Um, and I suppose they had a never, never say die attitude till the very end, which is brilliant to see like in ladies football. So it was a great game. And obviously we're, we're happy with the end result from a Longford side as well. And that's exactly it because both of them would have been considered All-Ireland favourites, which caused, and of course yeah. our own Neve Kenlon uh, picked Kildare to win the All-Irelands. I, I picked him to make Crow Park too, and Longford have uh, helped in putting one of those teams out. Uh, from what you saw of Ross Common now, like, and I know you're not going to give me the state secrets and all that, but how much, <laughs> like, from what you've seen now, and I know there probably hasn't been a team meeting since the game had been played on the Sunday, but is it all to your style of play much, or will you focus on your own strengths as well and, and go and test yourselves against your neighbours? Um, yeah, well, they definitely look like a strong side. Um, you know, they look like a, a very even, I suppose, across, the, you know, there's no, I suppose they don't seem to be relying on any few key players. They're very even side, I suppose, across their backs, their forwards, their midfielders. Like they had some some brilliant, I suppose, what would you say, brilliant lines of play throughout. And, you know, some of the scores, some of the defending was really, really good. Um, so they're definitely going to be a big outfit to come up against, I guess, from our side to be honest, I think it's important to do a bit of both. Like, obviously, we're going to have to look into Roscommon and look, look at, I suppose, some of their key key strengths that we t- we can try work on. But also, I think it's important that we focus on our strengths as well and bring that to the game so that we're not caught too much, I suppose, focusing on them versus us. Um, so we haven't, obviously, met as a team or anything since. So I don't really know what 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 way we're going to approach it but it, looking forward to the game 100% like I think it's going to be a, a great game um, and yeah I think they're a strong side so we'll definitely yeah be going in all guns blazing <laughs> and that's the way to look at it too and even when you look at the score from the game I was common scoring the four goals but they drew a blank yeah. against Leitrim in the Connacht final you'll be part of the defence though you're a mobile outfit as well but it's important to make sure like in both stating the obvious there uh, goals conceded is a key thing to make sure that it's limited yeah yeah 100% um, I suppose today it just showed like the goals were a big part of today's game um, what was it was it four goals one side three goals the other side Four ten to two fourteen. Two, four and two, yeah. So it was a quite a high scoring game, both goals and points. But yeah, I think it's important, I suppose, that would be a focus of ours trying to trying to keep the goals out because often as you hear, I suppose the phrase said goals do win games. So um it will be, I suppose it'll be an important one to try block out. And it's an important game as well because you want to try and get into these quarterfinals as group winners. Like, yes, you're guaranteed another game regardless what happens. But when, like, I know you won't be thinking about Claire allowed just yet. But I mean, that's a quarterfinal character waiting too. But obviously, going in is to see the team as group winners and be getting another uh, jolt in the arm for this team. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, even though I guess you know we both know now we're heading for a quarterfinal, which is super. But I think there's still more at stake. So it's important that we do go in next week, obviously trying to get the most out of the game as we can in order to, I suppose, set ourselves in the best position we can heading into that quarterfinal. Um, so yeah, hopefully that's what we'll be trying to aim towards anyways. Claire, I mentioned it's been a busy, busy time for yourself the last couple of weeks before I let you go. But of course, first I have to ask you, because it was only publicly announced a few weeks ago. I don't know how long you've known about it yourself and Louise Monin were joint captains of the team this year. Yeah, yeah. So we have, I guess we had... We had a leadership group set up from the start and there's been there's six of us um, working as part of a leadership group. So we all kind of rotated our captaincy um, throughout the league and the Leinster, Leinster Championship, which was brilliant because it was it was great to be able to, I suppose, have a, a different group of players, being able to have different kind of inputs and, and I suppose 
everybody has has different individual strengths so it was brilliant to see that come out um so yeah no it's super myself and louise we've we've been enjoying working together and and also i guess it's great to still have that leadership group in place so it's not just the two of us we also have have our vice captain katie crawford and and then the the other three girls of the leadership group still still intact so it's yeah it's been working really well and i think the the team has been responding i suppose it's it's not a, a one one woman job. It's, I suppose, the whole team rowing in together and, and buying into everything that that everybody's tr- trying to trying to put forward. So it's been working really well. So even you're saying to me, like next week against Roscommon, when Louise takes over uh, the official duties for the day, you'll still be doing your, your bit in that department as well as your job in the field. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess, like I suppose, on on game day, I think it's about the whole the whole panel stepping up. It's not really down to obviously the captain goes in and, and takes the toss and all, all the rest. But I think even when it comes to taking leadership on on the field, it's not really down to just the captain. I think it's important for the whole team to step up and and work towards the end goal themselves. Like it's it's no no point in one player trying to lead a whole team. Like when I think it's important for and I think the girls the girls know that like the the, the whole panel are great whether they're starting come on or, or on on the bench. Like the whole team are are brilliant for supporting everybody along. So I think that's an important role for everyone. Yeah. Uh, especially since we started sports stats, I don't live too far away from Longford myself, but uh, football in Longford seems to be strong. There was the 11 side competition at club this year. There was Longford clubs contesting against their championships. Your, your own Longford Slashers uh, were up against St. Sylvester's in the final and they went on to win the All-Ireland too. So there's a strong base in Longford football at the moment. There is, yeah. Like, I guess, you know, even even in the underage coming up, like we, you know, we did have some nice wins along the way. And then, yeah, exactly with the, with the club scenario, like at my own club with Longford Slashers, um, I suppose we this year won the the three in a row um, senior championship. But then it's great to have got that experience going up into Leinster, and I suppose to get as far as we did this year was was brilliant. Um, so it is good to see Longford getting on the map. I guess it's a, it's a small county, small population, um, but I think it's brilliant when when we I suppose you only turn heads when you start to win games. So it is good to, I suppose, start getting our, our name out there for a small county. There is talent here. I guess we just need to prove it really. And you're in a position to do it there now. We talked about the consistency already and that's what it's all about over this game or, or the next game as the case may be. Uh, before I let you go, Claire, if you don't mind me asking, of course, work-wise now, of course, you're involved uh, with performance nutritionist with Munster Rugby. The season in rugby, I'm not going to ask you about the match of the weekend, but the season in rugby is easing up now. Will that free up more time for you for the next few weeks? Uh, yeah, it definitely does. Um, I suppose, yeah, coming into the next few weeks, there'll be a little bit more time off. But then I suppose heading into the real busy summer months, um, I am still involved with working with younger players who start into a kind of a summer program idea for a few weeks. So that gets very, very hectic. But for the next few weeks, there'll be a little bit more, I suppose, pressure off and maybe shorter days, which will be nice. So it does take a little bit more pressure off me, especially if I'm driving up and down for training. Um yeah, so hopefully it ties in nicely with a little bit more rest coming into games. <laughs> uh, something to focus on as well. Finally, of course, it's down as a home game for Longford against Roscommon. I have absolutely no doubt that as the support will be out behind G uh, next weekend as well. And you'll be looking for that because a big opportunity for Longford here going forward. Yeah, 100%. No, it'll be brilliant. It's great to get get a home game. Like, I suppose not only for, for less travel, fresher legs, hopefully, not that Roscommon's too far away, but even for just getting, I suppose, more home support, it's always nice to be in your, your back garden with a good support behind. So hopefully, like I suppose, lots of lots of Longford supporters will come out on the day to to cheer us on. And it's always nice having the, those kind of Longford voices around when we're when we're playing and as well in our own home garden. It's always nice to, to get the win too. So yeah, hopefully... Hopefully, fingers crossed next weekend. <laughs> I like listening sports stars because I like to listen to 
Ladies football and ladies camogie. Now, one of the big results in the TG Carr All Ireland Junior Football Championship last weekend was Carlo beating the 2020 champions Fermanagh 19 to 15, and absolutely delighted to be joined by the Carlo football captain Ruth Birmingham. And first, Ruth, thanks a million for joining us here in Sports Dance Football. Oh, it's great to be asked uh, on. Oh, the pleasure is ours as well. And uh, let's go back first. What a result. Um, like, I don't think Carlo get as much credit as they deserve for how competitive they are. But, you know, understandably, Fermanagh probably would have been favourites based on being the relegated team last year. But from the word go, Carlo announced to the country that you were in this competition. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose going into the match, um, there was that element of um, kind of... Well, everything out there was that Fermanagh were favourites and the, the aim was for them was obviously to go back, to get back up to intermediate this year. So, um, but in camp, we well and truly believed that we could put it up to Fermanagh. Um, and I suppose there was um, fire in our bellies. We lost against Fermanagh two years ago by a point. And I suppose it was just, um, it was just, there, we, you could tell from the minute we entered the dressing room that there was that fire in all of our bellies to go out there and put up a performance that we knew we had in us. Uh, we've trained extremely hard this year and uh, we knew we could we could put up a battle on Sunday. So, yeah, I'm delighted to, to, get the, to get the results. Yeah, you say that route there, and of course I'm probably as guilty as anyone else with the narrative on the outside of the camp because... Like you talk about, we talk about Fermanagh there as well. And then, of course, um, their favourites, people are talking about Antrim after being in Crow Park. You played the Leinster Championship, but of course, you were playing a level up in the Leinster Championship as well. That has to be remembered. And of course, Keenan Hay out injured too as well. So I suppose it was easy for us on the outside to kind of go, all right, Carlo going to be up against this. But as I say that, you mentioned the game against Fermanagh two years ago, only a point or two in it. And sure, it was extra time against Antrim last year with Carlo. You're getting good tests in Leinster. So, in fairness, we were naive at the outside to be underestimating this Carroll team. Yeah, absolutely. We entered the the Leinster Championship, obviously a division um, above. And I suppose when Ed told us that we were going to be entering it, there was that element of fear there. Um, but it was by far the best thing we could have done this season. We've played three very competitive matches and... It's we we gave three excellent games and and gave the three intermediate um, teams a good challenge. So uh, coming out of it, we we knew we had learned an awful lot from the three games, and um, and we were just so roiled up then to to go out against Fermanagh. We kind of didn't know, I suppose, where we stood in the because we went out obviously at the beginning of the year, played our three league matches three losses and um, so I suppose going into Sunday we knew we had learned a lot and we knew we had come on and um, since the league but I suppose we didn't know where we stood because we were always playing a team like the level above us and um, so yeah it was just it was great and then obviously um having the loss of cleaner this year it's been it's had a huge impact and um, on us as a squad but I suppose uh, there is that element of wanting to do it for her as well you know so yeah we've all stood up each individual has stood up this year and it's just great um, and you could really see it on Sunday and it showed as well and not just in regards to the overall 60 plus minutes but even at the start of the game you mentioned there you're rare, raring to get going and you knew you were good enough and lo and behold off you go 1-5 to no score in front of the start Rachel Sawyer with the goal 
Yeah, I suppose we, I said to the girls um, after the match, when I looked up at the scoreboard and I saw 1-5 to no response, I suppose I we were all in a little bit of a, a state of shock, but it we never felt under the pressure that we felt in our previous three matches against the intermediate um, teams. So we were kind of, it never, like, we weren't under a huge amount of pressure, especially in the first half. You really felt like we were on top and we were the better team, I suppose. So um, it was a great boost. And then coming out in the second half, um, we knew that like that it, it's it's quick for a, a game to turn around, especially um, having went out against Antrim last year and, and we were we were drawing at full time and they came back and they gave us, they ended up giving us a good beating in the end and I suppose that's something that will all a lot of us will remember and, and we know how quick it is for a game to be turned around so we knew and um, you know we didn't have time to let the heads drop it was important that we went out and 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 we kept the momentum there you know and that's exactly it because you'd expect for Mana to come back and even as you're touched on the group game with Antrim last year I remember that your Antrim were struggling in the next time in the group match they rattled in five goals or something like that and they yeah. got their season up and going Squeezing this out was going to be important. You mentioned about the, everybody putting their shoulder to the wheel for Carlo here as well, because Fermanagh got back to four points at half time as well. And it was always that kind of margin in the second half too, which you couldn't take any chances. Sarah Doyle stepping up with some crucial scores as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like some of the some of the girls like and who are very, very young, like um have have really stepped up this year, I suppose. With Kleena being such a big part of our team um, and like winning Junior Player of the Year and winning Golden Boot last year, I suppose it, that has really like made girls think like I really need to step up here and and you could really see it on Sunday. You could you could see like the likes of Sarah Doyle, Rachel Sawyer, Neve Kelly, and um, standing up and like and showing that 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 they're well able to they're well able to perform and put the scores over the boards or onto the board. So um yeah it was great. I think as an overall team performance and um, I think it was excellent. It was excellent, an excellent way to start off the competition as well, because now you're in a good position. Now, of course, I know it's only round one. We won't get carried away. There's a big game coming up this weekend as well against Derry, a long trip as well. But I believe you're staying overnight as well. And that's another massive challenge ahead. Yeah, so we play Derry on Sunday at two o'clock. So um, we're going up the night before. Uh, the county board have been been great this year, and yeah, like they they came to us and asked us, what, "Did we want to go up and stay the night before? Do we think did we think that it it would it would benefit us?" And yeah, absolutely. It's it's a it's a good journey away from Carlo. So we're going up on the, on the Saturday, and and yeah, we're just we've training tonight, and I suppose there's that you know it's it's great to have a win our first win to to go into training now tonight and I'm sure the girls will all feel the same as myself and it's that sense of belief and you know that sense of kind of like that we need to drive on now and really really stay focused for the next few weeks and just stay working the way we've worked if like each and every girl has put in a, a in a huge effort this year and it's just been great and the background team have been great and yeah it's just really enjoyable now 
the focus is key as well there, Ruth, as you say that, because while Derry have been struggling themselves recently, we saw exactly in last year's championship how dangerous they can be. There was only a point between yourselves and themselves when you met as well. And those one-point swings could have had such an influence on teams qualifying too. How important is it for everyone just to keep that focus in mind there? Because you still have Derry, you still have London. We can't be thinking too far ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's 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 super important for us to stay focused and stay, stay focusing on what we've worked on uh, for the whole season. We'll never underestimate a team because we obviously know how easy it is for 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 games to turn around and for I suppose anything can happen. Like we went in on Sunday as complete underdogs. I'm sure everyone. Um, kind of was shocked in the first half to see, you know, what we had put up against for Mana. And I believe any team can do that. And, and the girls are aware of that as well. So we definitely won't underestimate going up to Derry um, on Sunday. Um, it's just all about now just driving on with with what, we, what we've been doing all season and just just continue to train hard and, and get, get ready for this match the same way we got ready for the Fermanagh match. And it's a great lift to start off as well, but a long way to go, as you touched on. Just before I let you go, Ruth, for yourself, it's been a roller coaster ride the last couple of years because I think you only came into the panel last year and now have been given the honour to lead this team in 2022. Yeah, so I suppose I I never really uh, had... I, I trained to be a nurse and I suppose that kind of... Um, the whole uh, shift work didn't really complement... Uh, football and unless I'm able to commit to something 100% I won't really put myself in the position so last year was the first year I kind of thought do you know what I actually think I'll be able to to commit to to a season which I did and it was a thoroughly enjoyable season and um, and then this year I suppose I went back in with no intentions and being asked um, to be the captain and um, I suppose Ed coming in on board with us this year for the first year and when I got the call yeah it was I was pleasantly surprised to be asked, but um, yeah, it's an absolute honour and I'm so happy to captain the girls. It's like, we've a great squad and it's just, it's just been a really enjoyable season so far and hopefully um, we've a lot more to it and a lot more to come. So, yeah. And we hope so too as well. And even as you say that before, let you go, of course, getting in with Carlo last year and then on the domestic front, when they carried in Ryland, when they finally getting their hands in the county title again, got the experience of Leinster too. So plenty of experiences building up, not just your club mates, but also your county mates as well. Yeah, it's been great. Like it's been, I suppose, um, it's been a great two years. Uh, yeah, we went back into club last year. I haven't lost the previous three county finals um, and I suppose yeah that that fire in our belly was there uh, to get out on top last year which we did and then we went to Leinster and it was just very enjoyable and I suppose Leinster came to an end um, very early um, and this year well, now, it took the eventual All-Ireland champions to knock you out now in fairness yeah it did yeah that was uh, that was um, that was the only little bit that you could <laughs> you could say that uh, they went on and, and won the All-Ireland so we could make our, ourselves feel better then but um, I suppose the, the plan for this year would be that that might, uh, might go on a little bit longer for us uh, so yeah so welcome back here to Sports Stars Football. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Neve Kendall. Of course, before the break, you heard from the Longford joint captain, Claire Farrell. And just there after we came back, you heard from Carlo's captain, Ruth Birmingham, because we're going to quickly talk about the Junior Football Championship. Uh, Carlo beating Fermanagh 1-9 to 1-5. 
Steve, even talking to Ruth there, I suppose I, I, put, I put myself maybe guilty of this um, as such. Probably underestimating Carlo. Yesterday, the bad league, they were playing up a level in the Leinster Championship this year, but the recent Championship performances, they were coming close. They only lost to Fermanagh by a couple of points two years ago and Fermanagh won the All-Irelands. They brought Andrew Dexter t- time twice in last year's Championship and they ended up in Crow Park as well. So I suppose it's unfair to be calling this a shock and more a surprise. Yeah, it is in fairness. Um, as you said it there, that like, you know, I suppose that they, they seem to have a better run the championship, or maybe when it comes into later in the year, they seem to get, you know, when they get the, the games or the league games under the belt to sort of um, build up a momentum then. But yeah, a good win, um, you know, what five point win, yeah, no, sorry, four point win over over Shmana. And, you know, it wasn't a massively high scoring match. Um, but they're certainly, you know, you'd find that they're running a bit of form now and, and Shmana. Um, you, you look, I suppose, as we said, we would have expected Tremont to win it, but, you know, Carlo were full full, um, full value for the win. Yeah, like there has been a few changes in for Manus since the one the All-Ireland, but it's still have Emer Smith. But Carlo were playing without Cleanly Hay, who's out injured for the year, as far as we understand, too. And the other players stepping up today, too. But it throws open this group because, like, granted, I think I'm a prediction for London to advance new predicted Carlo, if I remember correctly. And um, tell me if I'm wrong there, but... Now, Carlo beating Fermanagh, that we assumed were going to be in the semi-finals at least, if not going to Crow Park. Uh, all of a sudden now, and we don't know what to expect from London. We know this weekend when they play Fermanagh in Brewster Park, uh, it makes this group very, very interesting. Yeah, it does. And I mean, you said it there that because the group is the unknownness of London, um, we, you know, we don't know what to expect. We don't know what kind of a team they have coming home. Um, and that means, you know, it leaves it... You're, it's very hard to prepare. It's very hard to prepare. It's very hard to us to predict, but also for, for the management team, very hard to prepare for a match like that because you're totally committed on knowing. Um, and, you know, like, and Fermanagh's is, is in a bit of trouble. They need to get a result at this stage. So it is, it's, it's throwing the whole group wide open. Has thrown a wide open as well. Now the game's on this weekend for Mana against London. That's at one o'clock at Brewster Park on Sunday. Carlo travelling up to Derry in Celtic Park. Now look, Derry are not having a good year. Uh, Orna McNeely is gone and it seems the rug has been pulled out uh, from underneath them there as well. But they put in a credible championship last year. They drew, forced Wicklow to extra time. They would have met in all Ireland semi-final if that ridiculous extra time rule wasn't in place in the first place. Um, can they turn this around because they're facing the Carlo team full of confidence but as Ruth Birmingham said very very focused yeah that's the thing that that's probably their, their, their you know it's a home game for them um, Darren but it, it's it's hard to know I mean they haven't had a good run really good run this year at all they haven't got you know any momentum with them at all and you'd, you'd fear that it could be a step too far for them especially on the back of, of Carlo um, win last week that got a bit of momentum with them but Fact, it's a home match. You can never write Derry off as well. That they're a team that can sometimes get get results when when it's uh, when they're when everything's going against them. They could surprise us, but you still feel that Carlo after the win last week will have a bit of um, a bit a bit more for them, a bit too much for them. Yeah, and Derry did start last year's championship by beating Antrim as well, and just turn everything on its head. Antrim recovered actually an extra time the second day against Carlo, and they finally found the net and found it five times. New York are the only team still to come into this competition. Limerick are playing Antrim and Bruff on Sunday. Look, that's a game between two teams who have designs on being All Ireland champions. Yeah, that's that's the standard one of the junior this weekend, Darren. Um, you know they are the two teams that you're you're looking at. Um, being the, the strongest two and in, in, you think it's strongest teams in the, in the across all the all the group and the two groups and um yeah it'll be a hard one it's in Limerick uh, Antrim have to travel down just long spin down for them um but you know uh, 
I think it's it's a hard one to predict, um, because you you feel, you know, you always think there's there's good performance in Limerick, and uh, I think in, on home ground too, you might might just it might just edge it this time. Neil, you would know the New York setup better than I would on the ladies' side of the game. Like this is the three-team group with New York. Like, is this a free shot for each team here to have a go at each other, or can New York? And again, we won't really know New York until we see them. But can New York come with a team that can compete in this competition? Yeah, well, I I think the fact that New York don't come every year, Darren, and they come when it. I know, obviously, the last two years I couldn't do anything about it, but you know, when it comes, when they come, when suits them I suppose maybe that's a bit unfair to say that but there's no doubt that New York's not coming to for a holiday or to make up the numbers New York is coming with a strong team Darren said I'm not we're not I'm not sure I haven't seen a list of players yet um but they're coming with a team that's gonna you know you'd feel they're not they're not they're, they're good footballers and I mean as I've said before um about Rocklands there's, there's a lot of homegrown players out there now that's been coached from a from a for a, for a from a young level up along um, and they're like good footballers, good young footballers, as I said, that's, that's homegrown and they're not coming um, to make up the numbers by any means. So I, I think New York will, will definitely have a big say on this. You know, you'd feel that New York could have a big say in the championship because, as I said, they're not going to come. Um, they're not coming for the holiday. No, Limerick and Antrim can't afford to take anything to chance. The winner is more than likely guaranteed their place in the semi-final as well. But the junior championship, yes, the Carlo beat Fermanagh last week and one way to kick it off. But now all the other teams, bar New York, are getting involved this weekend. That's our look at junior football for now. The rest of the show is all about the TG Car All-Ireland Senior Football Championship. It is getting underway this Saturday with five games. Treat them live on the LGFA streaming service. If you don't have it, get it. It is worth it. Dublin against Cavan, 2 o'clock, Clonwera GA grounds. Mayo against Tipperary. Hastings Insurance, McHale Park in Castlebar. Monaghan against Mead, 2 p.m. in Drumhowen. And then the live games on TG Carr, 5 o'clock in St. Brendan's Park in Burr. Donegal against Waterford. And 7.15, Galway against Kerry. Cork, Westmead and... Um, who am I missing there? Armagh are the three teams that are not playing this weekend. So, Neve, what we'll do is we'll do groups A and B first. A quick, quick mention on the matches and make our group predictions. And then before the break, we might go and do Donegal Waterford in full as one of our featured matches this week. Predict that group. When we come back then after the break, we'll do Galway and Kerry, make our predictions for that group. And then I'll try and put down the quarterfinal pairings and we'll try and match our way to Crow Park and see who we think is going to win the All-Ireland. Does that sound a fairest way of doing it? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so Group A anyway is the four-team group. So we'll start with the first game on my list here. Dublin against Cavan at Clonwira GA grounds on some, a Saturday. Um, look, Neve, we hope there's a, a kick in Cavan here. They certainly gave a decent effort against Donegal, but it's, it's very hard to see past a Dublin victory and probably a comfortable Dublin victory. Yeah, unfortunately so, Darren. I think that is the case. Um, you know, like, yeah, I, like, as I said, Cavan did look, you know, put up a bit of a shout and scored, scored what, 112 or something against Donegal. But, you know, they still, um, you still feel Dublin are far too much for them. And I mean, I think Dublin will use it if, if they've any, you know, you'd obviously look at Carla Rowe, Neve Collins have played very little football this year. They'll be looking at an opportunity if they're fit, if they're fit and able um, to get game time into, the, into them players. They don't need to play anymore. They live trophies now. That's their job. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no surprise there. Mayo against Tipperary in Castlebar at two o'clock. I know Mayo missing an awful lot of players, but 
I don't know if what I've seen at Tipperary this year, if they can bridge that gap. Oh, so yeah, same as that, Darren. I, I don't think they can. Um, you know, they had a bit of a put up a bit of a fight in, in the in the semi final, the Munster semi final against um, against Kerry, but you know, still and all, you know, just feel Mayo have that bit extra. I know Mayo weren't exactly firing at all cylinders in the in the kind of final against Galway, but you still feel they just have that wee bit extra, and, and they have the, the players to get that result too. So we're both going for Dublin and Mayo to win the opening games. Now we have to make our predictions on the group. Um, I'll let you go first on the first group and we'll rotate as we go forward. Um, I think I think we've obvious two obvious favourites. I suppose the question in this group is who do we think is going to be in relegation? Yeah, well, yeah, you, you, the obvious favourites is, and I think it's going to be um, Dublin 1, Mayo 2, so I'm going to say that straight off. And you're just going to, um, just before you jump in relegation, I'm just going to back you in that. Um, I don't, Mayo will be up for Dublin, but I don't think Dublin are going to be caught out by Mayo in the group stages. Yeah. And I think it's funny, Tipperary and Cavan, I think the teams are very will be very well matched, actually. I think there's not going to be a whole pile between them. Um, but I just, I suppose... <laughs> Maybe on the on the on the back of seeing a bit more of Calvin this year than I've seen of Tipperary, I think Calvin might just have a wee bit extra on them. He can be very little in it. Um, obviously Calvin, uh, you know, were in the relegation last year as well, and and um, you know, obviously Monaghan beat them in the, the, the earlier round, but the you know the, the stayed up then in the end. But um, can't just think who they stayed up against Tyrone, was it? No. Uh, Tipperary still up against Tyrone last year. Yeah, Tyrone. Yes. Calvin still up against Tyrone in the league as well. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, but I, I think just maybe Calvin will, um, will have a little bit extra, so I'm, I'm going to Tipperary at number, um, number four. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you on that. Again, it just kind of comes down to who do you believe just has the extra base. And sure, Calvin without Ashin Sheridan is a massive loss, but they've other players that can step up in the day. And we saw them against Monaghan, you know, kicking the ball here or there. They could have gotten something out of that. They were impressive against the Roma. They had to be impressive. And they, they showed their metal against Donegal a bit. Well, Tipperary, yes, they're missing a lot of players. And Ashley Maloney being out. That's like losing three players for Tipperary. And you throw in Ashley McCarthy on top of that as well. No, I, I think it's a tough one between them. And certainly it's probably the most intriguing match of the group. But I would agree with you. I think Tipperary will be the team that uh, go into the relegation playoffs in Dublin 1, Mayo 2 is the way I'll be predicting this. Yeah. Right, let's go on to Group B. First, we'll talk about the match that's taking place. Uh, I'm sure you know more about Drumhound than I do. Monaghan against Meade. Uh, the All-Ireland champions playing their first game. Monaghan getting the honour of hosting them. As a Bosnian, it just comes down to it. The amount of players Monaghan have lost. You kind of wish half of them be on the field for this one because they would fancy a cracker if they were. Yeah, Darren, it is. It is a pity. Um, you know, I suppose it's not. It's it's a it's a long time. I suppose since since uh, Monaghan has has had an opportunity to play the All Ireland Champions at any. You know, I don't mean. You know, we haven't played Dublin. We haven't played um, in in recent years. Um, obviously, being in Division Two in the league and and it's in the same group in the All Ireland series. So it's it's a great. I suppose it's a nice honour to to be hosting the All Ireland Champions. So as I said, it's not something we've done in recent years. But um, unfortunately, as you said there, it is a pity that we. We don't have the eleven players we lost last year, um, all fit and available, um, to give it a give them a crack, give give it give it a crack at them, um. But you know we don't, and this is just going to be, I it's going to be just about management control, small and like trying to um see as little as possible, and um you know just keep it as as low a score as possible. To be honest, you know that seems a bit mean, but I just think you know there's just a, a big gulf in 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 um. In personnel at the moment and an experience and I mean need have it all on their side and you know with a very young man inside and it just it's just a step too far with them um, especially this weekend. 
Yeah, I think the same too. I think they'll put in a credible effort for a while anyway. And the way me play two times, um, Bonin might be able to keep this potentially less than 10 points. But like even leaving Vicky Wall and Emma Duggan aside, your meet of just players all over the field and Bonin at three or four and maybe two or three with potential coming through, but not enough to really threaten at the moment. So, uh, you know, it's it's very hard to see the shock. If there is a shock coming this weekend, it's very hard to see where it's coming, but it's, I don't think it'll be coming there. Uh, regarding group predictions then in Group B, I suppose, look, I'll, I'll put it out there first, Neve. Anyway, I think Monaghan will be the team in the relegation battle. I think they'll be third. I just think that we'll be saying the same thing about them when they play Armagh. And that's what it comes down to, Armagh against Mead. Um, like, this is the draw Armagh would want. They'll want to crack at me too. And, like, they showed, whatever about my reservations about the quality of the Ulster final, Armagh showed a bit of bottle that we have not seen in them. But again, they're too loose. And they just, for me, they play into Mead's hands. I think they'll give them a right rattle. And I would not be one bit shocked if they were to do put one over Mead. But I, I can't see past uh, Mead just having enough in the tank uh, to top this group. So I'm going to go Mead 1, Armato. <laughs> right, funny, Darren. I, I actually have gone the other way, funny enough. I, on the back of what you said, I ag- agree uh, that. You know, you'd, you'd feel me a little bit too much. But I actually think, I suppose, going back to the quarterfinal last year in Clonus, you know, we talked about what the, the Carrie O'Hanlon influence. I just feel there's something about Armagh at the moment. And I know I wouldn't have been, you know, watching them in the, in the, the league final this year. I was very disappointed with them. But I think that has been the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back for them. I think it's just been the change in their season. Looked obviously immensely, like unbelievably impressive against Mar- or against Monaghan, against Monaghan and Clonus. Um, and looked really impressive against Donegal. I know for periods of the game, you know, Donegal, like, I think Donegal threw it away more than Armagh winning it. But you have to take it out that Armagh kept going, kept plugging at it. Um, and I just think, you know, I haven't been absolutely blown away by me this year yet. I actually haven't. And I just think the fact it's a game that, you know, it's it's it only means one or two places. They're still going to qualify that I think Armagh might get one over. Them. So I'm actually going the opposite. I'm going um, Armagh one and me two. The first disagreement of the night. Here we go. And of course, <laughs> but because it's a three-team group, that means Monaghan obviously have to go into the relegation as well. So yeah. we have. I'm just writing them in now in the in the right order. So I make sure that when we get to knockout predictions that I'm doing everything right here. So uh, our man and me both to qualify for myself and Neve, um, but Neve was picking our man to win the group, and I'm staying with Mead. Now we're going to skip, as we mentioned earlier on, we're going to skip Group C for the moment because we've two featured matches, the two live matches on TG Car, and we myself and Neve will be back next Monday with the third half, where we'll be going through these games in fall. But we're going to do Donegal and Waterford now before the next break, and then we'll do our predictions in this group, and after the break, then we'll do Galway and Kerry and our overall championship predictions then as well. Five o'clock in St. Brendan's Park in Burr on Saturday. Donegal against Waterford. Uh, Neve, I suppose the, the, uh, the question I had in my mind to start off with this, um, I expect more from these two teams. They're different levels on the, on the ladder, yes, but like I think how many times have I built up Waterford and they're disappointed and then you build up Donegal and with the exception of the Dublin in the league, you still feel a bit disappointed with them afterwards and I was disappointed with them because Mead and Armagh. Maybe I'm like that overprotective father that just criticises them more because I expect more out of them. But this is two teams that are facing each other on Saturday. And again, I expect the two of them to come with their A game and give it their best. Yeah, I, I agree, Darren. I think it will be 
I think it can be quite a, a competitive match for long periods of it um, until it's sort of, I suppose, until the teams, um, I suppose, find, like, they're not too used to playing each other, I suppose, they haven't met each other on that many occasions. Um, and, you know, it, it'll be, I suppose it'll be about sort of finding each other out and, and seeing where, where the holes are on, on either sides. I mean, obviously, Donegal have... Um, Seeded eight eight goals in this year's challenge or this year's um in the, the five games played this year um so there's certainly a team that concedes a lot flip side of that Donegal or Waterford have conceded ten goals this year in their four five games so yeah both teams can, can definitely um can concede goals um and you'd feel that that's something that the, the the teams will be looking at to try and crack down that they, they won't be conceding as many goals and not give away any any handy things and that the, the scores to get would be you know hard work the points that they get will be will be hard fought for. Um, but I suppose, as you said, the, the different levels they're at at the moment, you'd probably feel that you should, like Donegal, should have a little bit extra on them. But I mean, I certainly believe Waterford can put up a fight. Well, we talked before about the senior turn into kind of a big ace and small five. But if there's one of the small five um, are capable of pulling off a result in this championship, if you were, if you were to put your two euro down on one of them, you put it on Waterford. Um, but again, it's delivering on the day. Like the last time the A's teams met in the championship was in 2020, but it was a dead rubber because it was the year that only one team was coming out of the group and Donegal won two 13 Stein points after they'd both already lost to Dublin. But for Donegal, like looking at them, like Yvonne Bonner is back in the team, Karen Guthrie is back to fitness, and what a performance she had coming off the bench in the Ulster final. Like the firepower is there with them. Defensively is where we always hit Donegal and not necessarily the individuals but sometimes how they set up like I was looking at their team against our man full and just reading match reports like Nicole McLaughlin seemed to come out to midfield more Roisin Rogers or Roisin Rogers dropping back to centre back Shelley Tuig on the wing and it just that did not make any sense to me because he seemed to be going with Nicole McLaughlin as the centre back this year where Rogers and Tuig can both play midfield so I don't understand why you'd make that decision you know and take out a key six because if Donegal are going to get to Grow Park for an iron final now they're well capable of making the semi-final you know, they need the strong three and six and with Evelyn McGinley and with Nicole McLaughlin they were showing signs before the Ulster final that that three and six was working well it was and like Darren if you think back to the league we spoke about this at the time the, 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 the night the first league game against Galway we were impressed at how they had they had set up much more um, you know you felt the, the defence I think they only, they only scored maybe conceded, conceded yeah they were very organised that day and they're missing very a few names. In, yeah, seven points against Galway in, in the league. And you really felt that there were, you know, and you said that they were missing players that night, but you felt that there was something about them, that something that they probably lacked. Um, and we sort of felt that through the league. But then you go to the, the, the Ulster final and you see what the leaked in that Ulster final, like, and the, and when the leaked it at the most key stages. And that's that's the worrying point. And that's something that, you know, if they've licked their wounds after that Ulster final defeat, um, and I suppose for them, it's lucky that it's Waterford they're meeting straight off, like that it's not it's not Cork they're getting in the first group in the first game because they have an opportunity maybe to try and get um, a bit of, you know, try and get so-called, like I suppose the so-called weaker team, if you like, in the group. It's good for Donegal um, to have Waterford first and that's not knocking Waterford absolutely. first. Absolutely, yeah. This, if, this is a game Donegal will be expected to win and that comes to its own pressures as well. But to try and get that result and then throw the shackles off and have a right crack at Cork. Yeah, that's the thing, and and you know that it, for them it's lucky that that's the way the draw is going, and um, because they really have to get, I suppose, park what happened in the Ulster Championship, park it now. That's done, and you know look towards the, what their goal set has to be of of getting to an All Ireland final, as you said, and that's something they have. I, I you know that's something they 
they have to aspire to, um, to you know, especially with this team. Like at this stage, you know, Yvonne and Geraldine and Karen and Katie Heron, these players have given so much to the, to the jersey over the last 10 plus years. And, you know, they have to start getting something out of it and, you know, or have to start reaping rewards and, and winning these big matches and showing, putting a bit of a stamp on their, on their, a stamp on it. I mean, if you look back, that Dublin win, you know, as is, is that's the first big win they've had, but they didn't even play well in that match. They just like, mm. you know, it was a complete smash and grab and that two goals in the last kick, last two kicks of the game. So, I mean, we still haven't seen a complete performance of Donegal and that's worrying. And if you think if you're um, looking from the Warford point of view, they will, you know, they will be really uh, looking at, at maybe those little holes and maybe them little places where putting pressure on Donegal coming out of the defence seems to, you know, panic them a little bit and, I pointed out during the 12s, you give out your under 12s, you know, this hand pass over mm. the head. And if Waterford can put pressure on, on the kick out and put pressure on that, they'll certainly get, you'll, you'll certainly, um, they could reap the benefits off of Darren. But I, I, you still would feel that Donegal with Geraldine Karen and Yvonne if they're with, in, their, in their forward line, if they get enough ball into them, they'll do damage. Yeah, because on paper, let's say we did that swap, and we don't know what Maxi's plans are, but if Nicole goes back to six and Roshi Rogers came out to midfield, okay? Now you're looking at the half-back line potentially here. Shelley Tuig, Nicole McLaughlin and Amy Ball Carr, which is a very, very good half-back line. And Donny Golf had to make a lot of changes from their defence last year, which like no Emery Logue, no um, Classic Jenkins. I know Nee Boyle is knocking around as well and could come into the team. You have a decent midfield in Katie Heron and Roshi Rogers, and you've a spoiled for options and attack like even bringing Karen Guthrie into the team like you bring Karen Guthrie Neil McLaughlin Evelyn McGinley all in the spine you've Yvonne Bonner and Geraldine Yvonne Bonner can play anywhere you've Geraldine McLaughlin you've Neve Hegarty then you've Blonde and McLaughlin and Suzanne White probably fighting for a jersey like on paper this is a team that should be we should be talking about top four in the rankings they are top four at the moment but they have to own that position and try and make sure that they're we're still talking about them come the middle of July yeah, that, and that that is the worry about Donegal. Like that is the, the you know that's your fear, and I suppose um, you know for Donegal supporters and and you know ex players and stuff and, and ones that's friends of mine, they would find it hard to you know to to understand what happens Donegal. It's like a bit of a mental block when it comes to these you know big games that you you know you think to have them game one and then you know they, they throw it away in the end. And some of the things they did in that also final like. God, I'm sure they're having nightmares over as to how. Like I, I spoke to one um, ex fullback from Donegal at the weekend there, and she said, "Genie Mac, like when Amy Mackin got the ball in in normal time, like why didn't they pull her down? Like they couldn't understand. <laughs> you know, yeah. she obviously is old school, but she, you know, some stuff like that that you're like going, you know, a little bit of I suppose cuteness in in the fullback or in in their backs, um, you know, to not let things like that happen, and how they left Kelly Mallon inside for the last goal. So. There's stuff like that that you have to have question mark with the Donegal defence. But, you know, as you said, up front, Darren, I mean, they just, if they can get enough ball, they will destroy any team they meet this year. If they get enough ball in, into those, those um, that really potent, um, particularly full forward line, but those five or four or six of them, uh, four out of the six forwards. Quality all over, like, and like, as well, Waterford have to come up with a plan, like, to deal with Bonner, Guthrie, McLaughlin, and Heron. And that's just four. Uh, you can throw another four to be a handful. On the Waterford side of things, they made a few changes in personnel this year as well, but a lot of their key figures there are knocking around the panel. Like, looking at the team to play against Cork in the Munster semi final, you know, there's a few names like Chloe Fennell wasn't in the starting team, Aileen Wall, Mairead Wall, I think. Um, Raid Wall was named to start, but didn't start whether she had an injury or not as well. Um, 
like let's talk about the Donegal attack. Well, you know, Karen McGrath at centre back, she'd have to be leading that as well. But you Quiva McGrath behind her, Megan Dunford, Rebecca Casey, Ashley Mulani, all good good players as well. But they have to be winning like she's need that to be winning five or six battles, you'd imagine. Yeah, they really will, Darren. And I mean, I suppose that's the, you know, we're talking about how the, the that Donegal attack and um, how how much damage they can do potentially, but really you know, this is where Waterford have to, if they've any potential to win this game, they have to be really strong here at the back as a six. Um, you know, I, I suppose, again, you know, we're not being privy to seeing them playing this year um, in, in the in the championship yet again, in that game against against Cork. Um, but maybe the potential of looking and maybe putting a, putting a, a sweeper back in front of, in that forward, in that back line, maybe to try and, you know, create an extra seven on six and, you know, and try to curtail the, the, the threat in the Donegal um, attack. Um, you know, Karen, Karen McGrath, as you said there at centre at centre back, you know, captain of the team, she definitely leads from leads from the back. Um, but you know, they, they'll have to be each of them battles and Keith McGrath, obviously very experienced full back, but she, you know, she'll have to be really on 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 um as a group, as as a you know, obviously one on one defenders, but equally as a group, they have to be very, very tight and you know, make make sure um Tony Gall don't get any um any easy easy scores or any easy ball into yeah, Laura Mulcahy will be a very important player in this. She's come from full back to midfield this year as well. She could be the player that drops back a bit and whether she's sweeper or not, maybe just cuts out the space because Waterford can do it. Like last year in the quarterfinal, they didn't concede any goals to Cork. Granted, was a bit of a temporary affair that day. Um, but they didn't concede any goals. But like every day, and you saw them against me this year where they were very tight with them, didn't give me many options. But then another day, then they'll ship six goals to Dublin or concede 10 in total, as you said as well. And it's that consistency because even when you look at the defenders we have there and the players that could start, like Chloe Fennel, Aileen Wall, Mairead Wall, they're three that didn't start the last day, right? Casey Murray and Kellyanne Hogan didn't start last year's um, championship quarterfinal against Cork. Yet they were the top scorers when they played Donegal the previous year in that, that rubber match of Cape McGrath, Breach, McMahon as well. Like, you know, so, like, what frustrates me about Waterford is that there's good footballers there. And like Pat Sullivan is just as good a man to, to be guiding them along. And maybe they're one result away from making an impact and it could be this Saturday. But they just have flared to deceive so much. And you wonder if all these players can just get themselves into one unit. Like, why can't they be challenging? for Like, they've been regular quarterfinalists, but it's hard to see them making a quarterfinal this year. Yeah, that's that's the thing, Darren. And, I, you know, a bit like Tony Gall, if you're a Waterford supporter, it's, it's quite frustrating because, you know, you can feel... There, there's potential there. You can feel there's definitely, you know, obviously there's massive tradition in Waterford, but you'd feel that there's definitely players one-on-one, you know, one-to-one, there's players that can definitely win their battles. And as you said, particularly up front, Katie Murray and, and, and Kellyanne Hogan obviously scored, um, you know, was a very accurate free taker and, and scored seven against Cork. But, you know, Mairead Wall, obviously from very the very famous club of Ballymac and a very famous uh, name in Wall as well. Um, you know, there's, there's, there is the players that can cause trouble in um, for any team, but as you said, as a unit and as a as a team, really, we haven't seen them do that. We've seen them in spurts, but not enough consistently, and that's probably has been their downfall where they haven't. You know, we saw glimpses of it against Cork, but they still conceded four ten against Cork, and mm. you know they needed to they need to get more more consistency is probably the main thing, and you know I suppose. Uh, you know, the, the key thing, I suppose, too, is, you know, if as being the underdog, they need to try and get a good start early on and try and get a couple of scores under the belt. And, 
you know, helping to settle and, and you, you know, you'd feel that, the, the, as I said, there's definitely players there who can cause the damage. So if they get a, an early start and, and they get a bit of um, settle early, you wouldn't know what could happen. Yeah, they need to start this game when you would think because if they, if 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 they're in the back foot against Donegal, you know they're going to find it hard to come back. And like the goals you mentioned there, if they give Donegal, like Donegal's attack is arguably the best in the country, you know, and like if they give Bonner, Guthrie, and and Jerry McLaughlin those opportunities, this this could be a field day. Where do you see the key battle here? Could it be? Quiva McGrath against Karen Guthrie maybe there will Laura Mulcahy drop back more what role will she have or could she end up battling Katie Heron where do you see the, the overall key battle in this match yeah well I, I think like if actually if, if Laura Mulcahy is, is the player to drop back and as you said came from full back you know comes back and sits in that pocket sort of you know between Karen McGrath and Kiva McGrath you know and, and you know Laura's a good reader of the game and obviously being, a, you know, being full back last year that's you know she has, you know, she was fitted for that role perfectly. And coming out the field now, you know, she could sit back into that role and be very comfortable doing it. Um, and it might mean that, it, you know, it might put Neva Glockland a wee bit sort of, um, I suppose it'll pull her away from her normal job of, of you know, that tracking job that she does for, for Donegal. So it might work to, to Waterford's advantage by being Laura McCahey bringing back. I think uh, Hannah Power and Nicole McLaughlin, that, Centre forward and, ha- and and half back line, half back, centre back. Um, there's a key position too. Like Hannah Power is in the centre of the attack for Waterford. You know she will be the one to, to set up, trying to set up scores for them and set up plays and be that link player. Um, and if she can keep Nicole McLaughlin on, on the on the the back foot, then that that would be that'll be helpful and sort of keep her. You know you'd be thinking Hannah Power should pull away to one side a little bit and, and leave more space in front of Kellyanne Hogan and, and Katie Murray. It'll be the game we can't wait. Live in TG Car, five o'clock on Saturday. Neve, who is going to win this match? Yeah, well, Darren, I suppose, as I said from the outset, as, as much as I, 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 you know, if Waterford can get a good start, um, you know, I, th- I think they could make a game of it. But I still feel that Donegal, you know, with the experience they've had this year, um, this year alone, and, you know, obviously games, big games, they've, um, they've come out of, um, in particular this year, um, I just think they'll have a bit too much for, for Waterford and Donegal. Donegal getting the nod there from Neve too it'll be interesting to see because we remember Donegal in 2019 too when big things were expected from them and they ended up finishing bottom of the group all to look forward to let's go to predictions before we go to the break uh, Neve, it's your turn so Group D of course Cork in the mix here as well uh, a team that I've never known a year where we know as little about Cork as we do but some, <laughs> some of the familiar names are there even if there's a few gone away that we've touched on already uh, what way do you see this group going and what will be the one, two, three? Yeah, well, I, I think, as you said, I think Shane Ronan would, is, is delighted with the way things is going in the sense that I think he's delighted that he can just come in under the radar and, and no one is really given, no one knows much about them and, and no one um, is really shouting about them at the moment. So I think he, he'd be delighted with that situation. Um, but to go back to the predictions for the group, Darren, um, I do think Donegal will get the win over Water for the weekend, but I, I, I think that Cork will, will, get, will, will beat Donegal in, in the next round and, um, or in the, when they meet. So I'm going to go Cork 1 and Donegal 2 with Waterford going to relegation. Cork 1, Donegal 2 and Waterford 3. And Neve again, I'll have to completely agree with you. And for one reason, one reason only, I trust Cork more with the three teams. You know, um, certainly if Donegal can pull off that result when they meet, it will throw the championship wide open. I think that's the game where stunned it's not live on TV, isn't it? 
Um, yeah, that's the one, yeah. In, yeah. in round two. Uh, it could throw this championship wide open. No difference if Armagh get the job done on Mead. But you just feel Cork are... It couldn't be more perfect for Shane Renee, despite the few players he's missing coming into this championship. And now is this sitting there, but not too long a gap because they have a monster final behind them as well. So I'll go the same Cork one, Donegal two, Waterford three. Not going to enjoy the relegation conversation when we come to this. Um, that's it for part two of the show. It's a bumper show this week because we're doing our senior championship preview as well as so much going on. But after the break, we are going to go against Kerry. And then we'll bring these predictions home and Miss Evan Nee will tell you who we think will be in Crow Park in the main events on the 31st of July. I like listening to Sports Dad because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. Welcome back here to Sports Dad's Football for the last leg, part three of the show. If you're only just knocking on this part of the podcast now well you better go back a bit because we'll be doing senior championship predictions and we've also looked at Donegal against Waterford but now we're going to Group C and we're going to uh, it is the headline game of the weekend Eve, I have to say not because I'm a going man but I think this is the game that everybody wants to see Galway against Kerry 7-15 in St. Brendan's Park Burr on Saturday night like Galway are the kind of champions. Galway will come in as favourites. But I mean, there was only a point between these two teams last year. Galway were 10 points behind Kerry um, when they met in 2019 and managed to, to come back and get a four-point win and end up going all the way to the All-Ireland Final in Crow Park. Um, Galway, well, the bookies will be behind Galway, but this is a Kerry team that's disappointed to lose the Munster Final. But I mean, t- or that thing's been going well for them this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you said, two eleven to two ten last year, and um, it, it really is the standard fixture of the weekend. Um, you know, as you said, Kerry uh, obviously played in Division Two and have finally got back out of Division. Have finally been got promotion now um, for for next year, and you know, it's something that's been you know really biting at them, I suppose, and maybe has um, caused their upset in in, in the All Ireland series um, in in the last couple of years. But now they've finally got. Got out of the, out of the division two, and um, you know, with with a, with a good display, um, I suppose you know, f- uh, what did win three, four, five games on the trot, um, in the league, and then obviously um, beat Tipperary in the Munster and Munster semi final, and, and as you said, disappointed to lose to Cork, um, only by five points in the end, but wouldn't have been happy with the way they played, um, and you know, have definitely been finding form, look look good, um, probably not, um. I suppose he hasn't, um, the, the, um, they haven't really pinned down their, their final team. I suppose the one player that we're looking and thinking about is is Danielle O'Leary, who has, you know, obviously won the league final for them. Um, but she's been, still has been, hasn't been fully back in making her play. She did play and start the the, the uh, Munster final. But, yeah. you know, she's a player, I definitely, a player to be watched um, and has certainly added that extra spark into the, um, and, and taken a little bit of pressure off Louise Neymar. Yeah, and Danielle did score two points in that game. Of course, she's one of those dual players as well that gets caught. And I think Kerry are out in action on Saturday evening too. So uh, you'd assume we should be at this game, but she is caught in that situation at the moment. But speaking of her, and we've said this numerous times, like, you know, it's, it's Louise Nemerhertig is one of the best players in the country, but she can't do this on her own. And she's slightly off her game, which I think she was despite scoring 2-7 in last year's match against Galway. Um Kerry struggle, but they need the Daniel O'Leary's, they need the Lorraine Scanlon's, they need Carmody's to step up. In attack, though, we've seen good games from this year. In Neveny Crower and Erica McGlynn, there's potential there to really step up a big game as well. And there'll be two players, I feel, in the Kerry attack that have to show up in Burns Saturday night. Definitely, Darren. Um, 
you know, I suppose Eric, um, you know, had, had a good enough league campaign as well. But, you know, I suppose as a unit, when you look at each one of the, the individual six forwards that started the, the Munster final, they can all potentially get scores, um, you know, on their day. But it's, as you said, you just need them. Um, you know, you take the pressure off Louise and them players have to really step up because, you know, it's no, it's going to be no secret that Gaul was going to have a game plan to try and curtail Louise um, and, and have her, like, you know, from, from play and, and obviously to, to, to limit the foul and honor to not give away a freeze either. But that's when these other girls need to step up. And as you said, um, Evie Conqueror and, and Erica and Daniel O'Leary and Lorraine Scanlon too. I mean, she's a player probably comes out more around midfield and, and sort of hovers around that, that area, but she's a player that can get scores as well. But you need to, them all firing on, on all cylinders to, to, to win this game. And again, the, the weekly midfield conversation probably applies most to this game as well with Lorraine Scanlon coming out. Cot Lynch was in midfield the last day. Anna Galvin normally knocking around there as well. Um, half-back line behind them. Emma Costlow, um, centre-back this year. I don't think she was in that position last year. I think Kelly Cronin has dropped back to full-back. Ashley Desmond, of course, not in the team anymore too. That 5-10 to 10 at least, which call it key players as well. Battles in that middle have to be won, but especially in midfield. Yeah, midfield is the big one, uh, Darren, and, and you know we, we won't move over to the Galway um, set up just yet. But yeah, Anna Galvin and Coach Lynch have to get have to get big games in them. Um, I suppose as a midfield parent, Coach is probably more defensive, and Anna's more of a, a forward um, forward minded player. And she scored, I think, a point or two against in the. That's a perfect the, combination. Absolutely, and it is, and I mean you need that because sometimes um, you do have have sets of midfielders that's you know mad to get forward, and then you end up putting more pressure in the backs because you have no one tracking. Um, but yeah, so Anna, I think she scored a point to do against against Cork in that in that final as well. So it is the perfect combination. I mean, Coach Lynch needs no introduction to big games like this. I mean, former All Star, and I mean, she she is um, you know she is the most experienced player probably on on the field between the two teams nearly. And you know, she she certainly um, needs a big game for, for Kerry to get over this. Yeah, a lot of good Kerry players there as well. We haven't even mentioned Kira Butler or Kira O'Brien in all those conversations. On the other side. Like, Galway have had their problems this year. Like, and we've talked about it at length. Um, and we were Jerry Fahey going and Dallas Brannock and Fiona Wynn coming into the setup too. The current Clonburn players weren't there at the start of the year. They've been gelling themselves back into the team. Indeed, the Connacht final was the first time that they're all together as a unit. Um, well, the starting team might lack some experience when you take into account that Megan Glynn, their top scorer last year, uh, won't be playing this match on Saturday night. There's a, there's a strong young, experienced panel and plenty of options for the joint management team to use. In midfield, like Oliver Darver and Louise Ward, you'd imagine as a lock. Olivia Dibley may be coming out to assist him as well. Nicola Ward will be behind him. Tracy Leonard will be in front of them. Other key players around as well. Galway overall, with all the options that they have, where do you rate them, not just in regards to this match, but what they can do this year? Yeah, Darren. And it's only when, Darren, when I when I sat down to actually to write out the Galway team and started the, the, the started the kind of final that I realized about all the players that didn't start that game, you know, to have it in the in their in their armor as well. And I mean, you know, like Marie Cho, I guess Roshin Leonard, Hannah Noon, Chloe, Chloe Miskell, um, Lindsay, Lindsay Noon. You know, there's so many Lindsay obviously came off the bench and scored the goal. The, you know, I suppose the difference in that in the win for um in the kind of final win. You know, they've got so many players um that can come off the bench. And I mean, obviously players with with um Kilcar and Bears players there as well that have you know, such experience in playing, playing and winning big matches as well. So they have, um, they have like, you know, they really have. And if you just go back to the, the, what we have on the pitch, and I mean, obviously Tracy Leonard, you know, I, I, you know, I mentioned Coach Lynch, I suppose, in the Kerry side, but Tracy Leonard is probably 
the, one of the most the experienced player on the Galway side. I mean, has um, had a fair share of injuries and, and setbacks this year, and I suppose you know didn't didn't really feature that much in the league. But you know, is back to her best, player of the match in the kind of final, um, and you know she is 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 you know her fit and in in a, in a good headspace and a good position, um, you know she can really be the the the, the thorn in the Kerry side um, on Sunday. Saturday night. Yeah, I think Tracy's role there is kind of playing more provider now is great because Go used to depend on her so much when she broke into the scene a few years ago as well. Um, when you look at that Goby spine, like you trust it. Sarah Lynch has gone back to number three. I think we were both looking for that to happen. And she's back there now as well. Ailish Morrissey will more than likely be the 14. But even as we mentioned the amount of changes from last year's team, like Derva Gower making it in a side, like Hannah Noon, the three Noons all coming on one after the other in the Connacht final. Lindsay, what an ace in the pack to have if she doesn't start. You've Siobhan Dibley, you've Mairead Shogi, you've Kate Slevin, you know, soccer commitments probably don't think stopping Kate Slevin or Shauna Brennan like stamping their authority in this panel in in general, but you still would struggle to find a place for the start team based on what we saw in the college final because Andrea Trill is finding a way in senior football. Leanne Cohn has proven to be a leader. Um, Charlotte Cooney brings experience in defence. Shauna Malloy is well shown leadership. Kate Garrity, a tight marker as well, will surely well beyond her years. Emily Gavin, you can say something similar as well. So, again, Colby's only problem would be making sure they have the right 15 and form on any particular day you would feel. And if they stay injury-free, you know, um, they have a lot of going for them. Yeah, and, and Darren, that's the, that's probably the key thing. And I suppose it's the key thing for any management team. You know, you can have, you know, you can have great options and great, great people on the bench and stuff. But, you know, it's about utilising them at the right time in a match and, you know, and, and starting the best 15 and having the players that will come off the bench and make an impact. And I suppose that's that's the key thing. And I suppose getting getting that right balance, that correct balance for for Galway. And I mean that is probably the probably a bit of a headache at the moment for Madison and Fiona at the moment to try and pick, you know, what they feel is the best is the best fifteen to start this game, and you know the, the best timing to come on with these subs. And I mean that's the thing. I suppose you know some management can be at fault for, you know, maybe. maybe <laughs> Probably would um, question some of the decisions. Um, um, Monaghan, a certain Monaghan senior men's manager made last Saturday as well, being in being in Casper. But some managements have players in the line, and you know, and visibly players that things doesn't go well for them. And if the substitute's not made, it can be left too long. Then, and I mean, the chance is gone, and maybe you're only thinking about it after when the game is lost. So I suppose that's the key thing for for Galway. I suppose um, is about getting getting the the the, the right start in fifteen, but equally making the changes and making those impact subs because they certainly have impact subs in abundance for them this year. And that's something, you know, you'd feel that's something they haven't had in a while, Darren. And I suppose um, you can really compliment um, Manus and Fiona the way they've got the team back and settled. And you, you feel, I know they've only played one game, so it's hard to really judge, but you feel that they're, they're, they're something, there's something, um, I suppose, good happening in Galway. There's a nice sense of, um, you know, and that silverware was very important for them to get that win over Mayo, I think, after everything they went through this year. We talked about that in, in the pre-match preview of that match. It was very, probably more important for Galway to get the win. And then getting that now has really brought, brought the whole team together. And, you know, you could feel that there's definitely something happening in Galway at the moment. Yeah, and it will bring them along. And like I think if you were looking at picking 20 against 20 in this, Galway would have to be very strong favourites here as well. And wonder what options Kerry have. And like we mentioned, Ashley Desmond not there. We don't have Emma Deneen. I don't know if Louise Galvin's there or not. And O'Donoghue's not there. You know, there's a lot of missing names there for Kerry. So that means on the field to play, 
Kerry really have the 15 have to beat the 15 and he's put themselves in a winning position before the bench becomes an option uh, a factor they haven't been far away the last three years like we mentioned how close they were to Galway 19 and last year they only lost to a goal from Saoirse Noonan in 2020 to Cork wasn't much between themselves and Donegal and last year's championship as well where in this field of play can Kerry find that edge that's going to get them over the line or at least put themselves in that position with 10 minutes to go yeah, well, I suppose, um, again, I suppose, you know, you have to look at the, the threat that Louise, Louise Ward has for for, um, for Galway. And I suppose she is, is there, you know, Louise and Nicola in, in both of them. But Louise, definitely, those, those you know, those when, when the, 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 the chips are down, she's that player that can get, you know, make a gut bust and run, as Nicola does from centre-back. But Louise has, has that run that something, you know, gets that score that they need to, to lift them back up again. So I suppose for Kerry to get something, it's it's about what player they can get to Marcor. And, you know, I suppose, like I mentioned, Coach Lynch before this, you know, at, at what she can do. I would be saying if, if you know, if I was Kerry Manning, Coach Lynch is the person that needs to pick up Louise Ward in, in, at midfield. That has to be this sort of man-marker job for Coach to do, to run with Louise, stop her as being that threat and that link player that she does so well for Galway. So I that's, that's what I think. And one key area that they have to win um, and then equally, Kayla Cronin at, at, at centre back, at, at, sorry, full back. You know, she needs a big game. Um, she's had a very good year for for, for Kerry, and I mean, and deserving in our um, team of the league um, position as well at full back. But she needs to really um, be the commanding position there because if you give Galway those Galway forwards space and time on the ball, they will will cause damage and, and cause you know they'll put the game very quickly to bed if, if Kerry don't um, sort of have those key areas set up. And then obviously up front, Kerry have to get their scores when they're, when they're attacking. And I mean, you know, Daniel O'Leary, if she can be on song, we know she, what, she, what damage she can do. Yeah, Kerry definitely need two or three players outside Louise Neymar Hurtick to really show up and burn start night. And if we do, it's going to be a cracking contest. Just before we go to predictions, quick shout out the Munster Senior B Football Final is on Sunday in Fitzgerald Stadium, Killarney at three o'clock. Kerry against Cork. Uh, best of luck to both sides. No doubt there'll be some Kerry players there looking to audition for this Kerry team, depending on how the result goes on Saturday night. So, Neve, we're at predictions. Saturday night, Galway Kerry. Who's going to win live in TG Carr? Um, well, Darren, again, I, I, I think it can be, you know, potentially, we said it's going to be the standard fixture we feel over the weekend. Um, you know, two very two teams, it's very, um, you know, have, I suppose, very even. If you look at it, probably on paper, have, have, are quite even and not too much between them. Um, you know, Galway have, uh, I'm just doing the top up what they scored. Galway have scored 640 in, in four games and Kerry have scored 1088 in, in seven games this year. Now, you have to look at it. Four, five of those games was in Division Two, um, versus you know obviously Galway playing Division One. But going on that, I'm probably going on my predictions for for um the, for who I think will finish first and second. And this obviously is the key game in the group. I just think Galway might have a little bit too extra. Just looking at what they have on the line, Darren said, if those positions and and you know subs are brought on at the right time, they can certainly um I think win the game for Galway. And I think I'm going to go with, with a Galway win, not by much now, but I think it'll be a Galway win. Oh, I think there won't be much more in the kick of the ball between these two anyway. Uh, the goal we get in the nod there as well, but as you mentioned, it's kind of like answering the, the group um, prediction as well. So we'll go to the group predictions now as well. And leaving aside where I'm from, it's a nervous nod in Galway's direction. I certainly think the potential is in this Galway team to explode this year. But likewise, I think the potential is in this Kerry team to explode as well. And which one explodes in Burns Arnie could answer an awful lot of questions. I think 
with Galway shaking off all what happened earlier in the year, um, the All Ireland's winning Clickern Clumburn team are back, and look, there's ten of them in this panel alone. Like we saw the influence of the three noons who didn't even start the last day against Mayo. So nervous nod for Galway one. Uh, Kerry will finish second in the group because um, I really feel for Westmead in this campaign, but I think they're going to be out of their depth in this group and they'll be team three. Yeah, Darren, that's exactly as I'm going. Obviously, it's been saying Galway to to beat Kerry, I, I think the exact same. And yeah, um, for Westmead, unfortunately, I just can't see them getting getting a result against either team. So it's, um, yeah, Galway one, Kerry two, Westmead three. So we've agreed completely on three of the four groups and one we have just a, a change in predictions. So what we'll do, Denise, I'm just filling these in first now as we go now to bring our championship predictions home. I'm just scribbling all these in before we do quarterfinals. Let's get the one we don't like doing out of the way. Let's get the relegation out of the way. So providing there's no provincial champions show up in this, like, you know, and our predictions come <laughs> to pass, we'll have Tipperary against Westmead and Monaghan against Waterford. So, do you want to go first in this, or will I go first? I don't mind. Uh, so, I, you, did you, you go first to last? I go first this time. Then okay. we'll see. So it'll be so temporary. Two of them well. or just one? It'll be tip. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do the two of them. Um, uh, tip. Yeah. No. Yeah. We. We'll, no. We we'll do. We we'll do one at a time. You're right. Tipperary against Westmead. Okay. Um. Uh, again, Darren. Uh, I suppose. You know, Tipperary will have had the extra game in the group, obviously, um, coming from the group of four. And, you know, Westmead, <laughs> God, you know, it's 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 a pity to see the situation. Westmead, obviously, um, uh, champions last year and, and to see them looking like, you know, facing relegation again. Obviously, there was a, a big, um, uh, a, a lot of players left, obviously, after their win last year and they lost a lot of players, a lot of key players. And like Fiona Claffey being the standout player for, for them last year, um, you know, and you players. find it's, it's just... 18, God, I didn't realise it was that many, but I knew there was a big big amount of players left, yeah. So, um, and I suppose I, I haven't seen, I suppose it's a hard one to predict who will win it because, you you know, you haven't seen really enough of the two, either teams playing. But maybe just the fact that, um, you know, I suppose Tipperary um, might, I just think maybe Tipperary might have, I have no really apparent reason as to why I feel. I haven't seen enough from Westmead. I think lost, losing all them players, um, I think it's a shame that Westmead will end up coming back down again, but I, I think Tipperary might win it. Tipperary to win that Westmead to get relegated. And look, I have to completely agree with you on that. I'm on the record numerous times here. I want to see more teams up and down in the league, but in championship, I like, I like to see a two-year exemption. I don't take any pleasure in saying, um, sending Westmead back down to intermediate after one year, especially with the way the formats are as we try and move past COVID-19. But the reality is that I think Tipperary is a better team than Westmead at the moment. I think Westmead have suffered so many heartbreaking and demoralising defeats in Division 1 of the league. And the way they were pushed aside by Waterford in the relegation final. And look, this is a group they're not... I just can't see them competing in it. I hope they do put up to Galway or Kerry. Uh, but I can't see them competing with it. And um, I think despite the players that Tipperary are missing, I just think they're a better team and uh, Tipperary will survive. So Westmead as well. I'll agree with you on that. So that brings me to the other game. And I suppose that's the reason why I'm going first in this game. Monaghan against yeah. Waterford. Oh, look, first things first. Again, we'll go back to what we said about the Intermediate Championship. Just not the format that should be used for relegating two teams. I think they should all be in together. Not saying that I'd be putting Tipperary back in the mix here, but... Monaghan, when they've ever won, are much better. Um, and even what they had during the league here played very, very well. But 
it takes its toll. Waterford, what they have in paper is too good to go down. Whether they can bring that on the field to play is a different kettle of fish. This would be a type of game need that could go all the way to this dreaded free kicks that you that you love and adore. But I based on the fact that this pairing against each other, I just think Waterford with that bit ahead of Monaghan and going to go with Waterford to survive and Monaghan to be relegated. Yeah, as much as it pains me to say it, Darren, um, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think we're the, the I, if I'm not mistaken, we're over up senior playing senior football for over 30 years now. Um, I think we're the only county um, that's never been relegated, from right to saying, maybe with Kerry, with the exception of Kerry, I think only county once since we went up, never been relegated. Um, and I know we've been staying up by the skin of our teeth the last couple of years. Obviously, Cavan, the win against Cavan, a last-minute goal last year. We beat, I think it was Westmead the year before, or two years before that, 2019. So we've just been staying up, and that's without the the, the, exit, the exodus of players we've, we've, we've lost since that Cavan game last year. And I just think it's a step too far, uh, unfortunately. Um, and the, the big thing is, too, and I think I said it earlier on there, you know, we, we've I think we scored... Um, we only scored 12 points from play this year, starting this in the five games or six games we played this year, five games. And that's a big worry. You know, we, we've very dependent, even the one goal we scored, I think it's one goal and 41 points we scored this year, 12 points from play, five games. And that's that's a worry because, you know, where are we going to get the scores when you look at where Waterford, when you look at, you know, I was analysing Waterford there now, we feel they could put, they could put it up to Donegal. So again, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say it, um, I, think, I think it's going to be a, um, a Waterford win. Waterford have been as well. So we're both putting down Westmead and Monaghan. Uh, no doubt they'll be using that for motivation. Who knows what will happen to Drumhound on Saturday. We could be eating our words again. Never fear, never fear though. The team we predicted to be in the RN final is not getting relegated in intermediate, but they're in a the relegation position. Let's go on to the quarterfinals. Um, right, we'll do, we do, we do them one at a time. We'll rotate. Let's start with, we'll have some mixed pairings based on our, our change in the group. So, um, Joe, we'll do your four quarterfinals first, then we'll do my four quarterfinals. I lead the semis, and then we'll do the final. That'd be the easiest way. So, need your yeah. quarterfinals. Dublin against Donegal. Yeah, and I... Am I so, I'm telling you who I think is going to win. So, I'm, yeah. I'm Dublin for that then. Dublin, Dublin for that. Armagh versus Kerry. Armagh. Reversal of the league final, I like that. Galway versus Mead. Uh, Mead. And Cork versus Mayo. Cork. Cork. That's perfect. So that they're your four semi-finalists. We go to that in a minute. For me, Dublin against Donegal. Yeah, I trust Dublin a bit more. I have Mead against Kerry. Uh, I think Mead will just be good enough to make sure to get the job done there. Galway against Armagh. I have absolutely no idea. Um <laughs> Look, uh, it might be uh, I Galway probably by the skin of their nose again. I think if Galway get themselves to a semi-final, they'll certainly have earned it. But probably I, I think they've just a better defenders in our map. But I, 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 I live to be proven wrong. Uh, Cork against Mayo, yeah, Cork. I don't Mayo have lost too many this year. I think they'll make the quarterfinals no bother, but it's hard to see them going past that. So, um, we've three, we've. We've three out of four each in our semi-finals, but obviously coming with different paths. So I'm semi-finals, isn't that right? Yeah. And of course, based on my predictions, now my first semi-final is Dublin against me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Mead's turn. Well, I, I think Dublin will be up for that game. So I, I'll give Dublin the nod. 
to make the All-Ireland Final. Galway against Cork. Again, it's Galway's turn. But I, I think Cork are coming with something this year. I expect him to be in the All-Ireland Final in Grove Park based on his pathway. So I'm going to go back to what we were used to before 2021 in Dublin, a Dublin-Cork All-Ireland Final. So now, Neve, okay. you, your semi-finals. Dublin against Armagh. Dublin. Dublin. So we've Dublin back in Crow Park, both of us. Mead against Cork. <laughs> now, that's the one that I have not. I'm still sitting with a question mark at. Um, yeah. I, I think... I need to decide, don't I? I I'm very torn. I, I, I don't know. I am very torn. I, I still, I suppose I still feel that Cork. I, I just, you know, I, I, it's very hard to, to I, I think that semi-final last year, like that's the hurt that they'll have from that, um, you know, and they'll never be na- as naive again. Um, and, but I think I'm actually going to go back to old school and I'm going to go Cork Dublin final. Oh, Cork Dublin final. So we will not be like to need. <laughs> no, no, we both um, we've had different pathways, but we both come to the same pairing. Yeah. Final, Dublin against Cork. Dublin. Dublin to regain. Oh, Brendan Martin. I had Cup. Dublin as my as my winner as my winner from the from that was the easy part. It was just who was going to end up against them. I think. I won't lie to you I hadn't even made up my mind the winner going through this that's why I said to you well, I was literally predicting as we went along um, but I'm the same Dublin I think well we picked Cork to win the league and they let me down so <laughs> um, but no I I think there's one more throw in this Dublin team I don't think it's by any means a certainty uh, coming through and there's a few hiccups in the way but I think Dublin will have enough to get over the line this year if this is going to be the final swan song for many of those legendary players for the new generation step up and probably do the same again like you know. <laughs> so we have both yeah. gone for Dublin to win the All-Ireland. Uh, both gone for Dublin to be Cork in the All-Ireland final. We both have meet in a semi-final but then it's split between Armagh and Galway. And even looking at what we're looking at here, Armagh against, Armagh against Mead is a massive game in the championship in regards to pathways going forward as well. So that'll be a game we look forward to seeing when that comes around. Um, look, Neva promises to be an exciting championship. Um, granted, there might be a few a few games that might be too hard to predict during the group stages, but there'll be a few keenly contested matches. But like, I think we're full agreement on the eight on the eight quarter finalists. I suppose it's really can maybe there is throw Waterford maybe it's up to Waterford to test that theory but I think we know our quarterfinals anyway and afterwards anything can happen yeah and I think Darren when you as you you sit down and, and, and have them written out in front of you your, your predictions our predictions you know they really have the potential all those four games those four quarterfinals have the potential to be really every one of them you, you know like we're predicting what we might think. And, and you know, if you asked us again after the first or second round of games, we, we could have totally different predictions. Um, as in, you know, at how the teams are going, they might still end up in the same groups. But, you know, it, it is, it's all really on the day. And that's the, the, the key thing about football. Look at our man and uh, Tyrone last son in the men's game. I mean, no one would have predicted that, that that would have been that type of game. And it's such a, for Ulster football, such an open and expansive game of football. And our man men were totally deserving of the win. So, Equally in these games, you know, it's all on the day, and especially in ladies' football, there's nothing predictable. And I think Meads all earned win last year was certainly um showed us that. So we look forward to a really exciting championship and I hope 
you know, it starts with those two televised games next week um, as being really good games and a good advertisement for ladies football. I've no doubt about that at all. We've already seen the intermediate and junior championship. Anything can happen. And no doubt there'll be a few swerves over the course of the TG Carroll Ireland Senior Football Championship. And seven, Eve, look forward to bringing it all to you, talking about before and after the games over the course of the next couple of months. We'll be back next Monday with the third half, where we'll be focusing on Donegal against Waterford and Galway against Kerry and Sports Stars Football. Then we'll preview all the action, looking across all three tiers as well and everything going forward. So with that being said, it's been a long show. It's been a bumper show. We hope you've enjoyed it. You probably needed more than one sitting to get through all this. We're plenty to go through in a busy, busy week. Uh, that's it for this week. I'm Darren Kelly. This was Sports Stars Football. I'd like to thank my partner in crime one last time, Neve Kenton. Thank you, Darren. <laughs>